<laughs> what would be even better is if like uh you gave him uh like you gave him like Mef's phone number and <laughs> he just <laughs> Alright, listener, you're on the air. What do you what do you got to ask the boys about uh the uh, NBA finals here? <laughs> We tap into the call line from one of the local channels and we actually just send their actual sports talk radio calls here. That'd be fantastic. You just answer them, but they have no idea who we are. Dude. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm astonished. I haven't lost followers like this, these last two days. All I've been doing. Because you have to like it. You have to have liked these NBA playoffs. Uh, Nine million more people watch these playoffs than the bubble. So yeah, yeah, it was up 34 percent or something like that. Yeah, um, from and, the bubble. And, Go ahead. and think about how many you're losing with all the places open now. Like during the bubble, right. you didn't have the chance to crowd into like bars, and now you've got thousands of people that were probably watching in public, like watching like one one yeah. thing or people at people's houses and everything like that. Right, because ratings don't account for. For like group viewings, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, it. It was. I see. Travis has subscribed to the Brendan School of Dress. <laughs> <laughs> no sleeves. No sleeves. Good evening from Honestly. Texas. Good evening, Soren. Oh, uh, Soren, the Mad Lad Hello. himself. The Mad Lad. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get right into it. Um. Welcome to the illustrious, the magical, the magnificent, wait, episode 100 of AOS Rantcast. This is, of course, yeah, yeah, 100 of these. And, and that's just counting AOS Rantcast. That's not like the random streams or the weird side stuff I've done. So I've, I've been at this now for officially too long. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. But it's all like it's the Simpsons rule, right? After 100, it's all downhill, right? That's that's the <laughs> bangers. Well, they, they've had a couple good ones since, like the the Neil the Neil Gaiman heist one is is actually just as good as any classic, um, like any classic uh, uh, Simpsons. The whole premise is like they have to like heist a book premise or whatever. And so they put together a crew, and like Neil Gaiman is like the the slapstick side character, and then at yeah. the end he's the one who double crosses them all for like a for like the book that is a bestseller. I think Lisa's trying to heist it or something like that. And um, in the end, like he double crosses the whole crew, like a you know like a uh, Kaiser Soze like plot twist. And uh, he's sitting on the beach, like drinking a mai tai, and he's like Neil, like Neil Gaiman has heisted his way to another number one bestseller. <laughs> like, it's... I'm gonna have to find that. I never saw that. Oh, one. it's it's so good. It's it, awesome. It's one of the more, I mean, recent as in like the last like six years or so. But after sure. everyone agrees, it got bad, right? Like the World of Warcraft one was pretty good, where Marge gets addicted to World of Warcraft and Bart's the one who's like the like nemesis, killing everybody. Like that one was pretty good too. So the, they've had a couple good ones since. Um, and but they really do just kind of store up all their energy for like the Halloween, like and then house before yeah. Well, they they the thing is is like after episode one hundred, they spent the whatever rest of creative talent they had all went into Futurama. Well, yeah. Well, Groaning left right. Like he he went yeah. he went and made the show about the sassy robot he always wanted to make. Right. 
I'm uh, I'm getting to benefit from my uh, my son has started watching The Simpsons this last look pretty much this summer. He started at the very beginning of the show, and he, you know he's nine going on ten, so so much of it's over his head. But he's always heard about The Simpsons, so now he started watching it on Hulu. So I'm I'm reliving all of these old episodes, and he's up to like season ten now. He's like, oh, how long God. is this show? I'm like, you got you got a while to go, buddy. <laughs> um, so uh, W. Soren. Uh, drop a, a donating 25, uh, 25 bucks saying the Rantathon 30 hour charity raffle final item is an insane collection of Soul Blight Grave Lords uh, goodness. Yeah, that's actually uh, care of uh, the Cubic Shenanigans podcast, Brendan's podcast with Dan. Uh, so that's back to back years. They provided like like around 3,000 points of a, of a death army. So like big shout outs to Cubic Shenanigans. If you do not follow Cubic Shenanigans, you have been podcasting wrong. To that end, if you do not follow this man's podcast below me, Plan and Slan, you're Wisconsining, <laughs> you're gaming wrong in general. You just... <laughs> um, but since we're on the subject of the Rantcast, I'm just, or the Rantathon, I just want to like take the real, real quick moment to do a little self-advertising. Um, if this is the only part of the, the, the 100, episode 100 you watched tonight, uh, cool, man. Um, but coming up July 31st through August next weekend. 1st, that's next weekend. Uh, we're starting at 10 a.m. on Saturday, running through 4 p.m. Sunday. That is 30 hours. Uh, that's that's up three hours from the last Rantathon. Uh, but I have help. Uh, like we're we're doing this kind of like uh, uh, in the rant house. Uh, so we'll have like. Uh, We'll actually have like a little bit of a rotation of hosts there, so I can sleep at one point. Uh, unless you people truly are cruel enough to want to see me stay up thirty hours, I can do it. My upward limit's about thirty-six before things get really, really weird for me. Um, there are ways. Are there ways people can donate to reduce your sleep? Like, are you setting, <laughs> <laughs> setting donation thresholds where you just forego any any plans? Yeah, sleep? yeah. It should be a competing donation. It should be Matthew either gets an hour or loses an hour of sleep. Oh, so it should be competing donations like Save the Pixels. Oh, dude, we should. Yeah, no. I, you know what? Boom, we'll make it happen. Meff either gets to sleep like you know, gets an hour or minus an hour before I come back on or something like that. I love that. We'll do that. We'll do a competing donation. But for those of you who don't know or haven't watched it or have just heard about it through reputation, uh, it is a 30-hour live Twitch marathon, kind of akin to GDQ. I used to work GDQ with uh, World 9 Gaming back in the day, so I have experience working with them, uh, and I did model this event after that. That is that there are sort of like blocks. Every two hours, we have a different guest on or series of guests. Um, every two-hour block there's a different prize there's stuff like a fully painted curse city box provided by uh soren which is dude bust out the oils it's stunning. really nice it's stunning i mean uh uh you could win a vince venturella painted model of your choice he says within reason uh like none of the huge stuff but like basically up to like a you know like a like a like a decent champion he said okay. yeah so so a good like decent champion um Painted by Vince Venturella. Uh, yeah, he did that last year. He's doing it again. He's he's volunteered his time and and he'll he'll pay for the mini too. So so uh, really really great prize. There's uh, unique one of a kind T-shirts. There's uh, a dice tray. There's a slanesh lot, which is I think 
practically a, like half to half of a Slanesh army and on a different weekend could it could have been the grand prize. Uh, I am contractually obligated to make sure that a uh, a black coach gets donated every time I do a, a giveaway. Uh, it it's it became a thing somehow. The first ever when I hit affiliate, I did a little like celebration marathon, and I had just like a black coach that I gave away. Uh, you were there for that, Ty. You won uh, you won some night hunt or something like that. Um, some chain rasp, yeah. Yeah. So um. And then, like the fall during the rantathon, uh, someone donated a black coach to like to to be a donation prize. And like this year, I'm like, it's it, you got to go through, you got to go for the three peat. So I, I I bought a black coach myself, and to sweeten the pot, I've got a, a box of uh, in root Grimgast Reapers, uh, chain rasps, uh, and a excruciator. So to add to that, so a little 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 night haunt lot to get you started. Oh, and uh, spirit house. Because I'm an I'm a masochistic bastard. Oh God! <laughs> and for another accelerator, you could have Brendan build the spirit host for somebody. Oh, fine, <laughs> fine. So, fine. Uh, so there's so like I said, every every two hours there's a different prize. Uh, it, we actually have some like kind of late prizes coming in that we might need to slot into where some of the blocks might have multiple things to give away. That that schedule will be up this weekend. Uh, on a Tiltify link that I'll have for everybody, so you can see the full schedule, the guests, and what prizes are are on the block. So you can like set your set your alarm clock to like, man, I really want to win that like that Curse City box or whatever it is. You can you know set that alarm alarm for that. If you donate throughout the whole marathon, the minimum threshold. What what did we set the minimum threshold here at Brendan? Fifty. Well, it f- it's 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 five per block, uh, to to win that block. Right. Right. And then I think we set it at. 50 over the course of the weekend um you can either donate all 50 of it once or five across 10 or any combination they're in or more obviously if you want mm-hmm. um you know so because we wanted to we wanted to do some encouraging to keep people engaged across uh the different blocks now if you don't have the time and you're just really super interested in the soul blight block you know during any of the two hours you just dump your $50 in and you get your entry. Everyone only gets one uh, to the grand prize to keep it equitable uh, across all of it. So there's no pay to win scheme here. Right. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Minimum $5 donation enters you for any of the prizes on the prize block. Uh, that way, you know, any little bit can help, you know, it, you know, I, I it, for me, it was important that like, Hey man, like your cup of coffee can, can get you the potential to win a prize. Um, and so it's 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 not quite a raffle. You can't you can't pay for extra entries, um, and you, you're certainly encouraged to donate. And you know I know times are tough, so if you can't donate, uh, signal boost. And you know if you can't signal boost or or whatever, uh, take care of yourself because you know your mind matters. And and I want you. That's what this is all about. It's about the mental health. I think the world, when we're all in a better mental health state, I think we all just work operate a little bit better in our day to day and with each other. And and you know you're. You know, I don't want to go too cerebral with it, but, uh, you know, it's like the Matrix, man. Your mind makes it real, right? So <laughs> so we want to make sure that we're helping folks out. So it is for Mental Health America. Um, uh, we're trying to, you know, raise a bunch of money, and uh, you can win a bunch of sweet, sweet stuff. So uh, next weekend, July 31st, 10 a.m. Central time. Please, please tune in. Please tell people about it. And if you're able to, please donate. So that's my uh, that's my spiel. That's a good spiel. Oh, the shirts are excellent. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah, die, uh, uh, dying to batik. 
and I had to look up the pronunciation on batik because I had no idea what it was. Um, uh, like they're, oh, man. Let's see if I got a photo here to pull up. But well, you guys, if you want to cover some dead air for me. Yeah, the t-shirts are really cool. I think they use beeswax to beeswax, like like yeah. dye them and everything, and they're really sweet. I know that they have a bunch of like videos for how they make their shirts on like Instagram. Oh, on so, the instas, yeah. On the instas. So if you're on the instas, check them out there, and you can see how they make all the sweet shirts. Yeah, here we go. Um, I'm gonna block up. Sorry, sorry, chat gang. You know, what? no, I'm gonna block Ty for a second. Yeah, block me. Yeah, there we go. Ty's blocked out. Um. <laughs> uh so like here uh, uh uh they do this like ice dyeing technique and so as the ice melts it like displaces the 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 tie-dye across everything and it forms these like really wicked cool like faces so like over here we have like the spooky frighteners face from that movie the frighteners and like this one here looks like a like an uh, like a like a bestigor to me um, but you know, that's just me. So that's, you know, that's the back of them. And, and then, uh, you know, two, two different shirts. So you, you could potentially win one or the other, um, blood, blood Knights, uh, icon or blood dragon, as I used to know it, um, on one of them. And then the Mephisto logo on the other, no one in the world will have this shirt. You will be the only person that has this shirt, you know? So, um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Collector's items when when you cash in on your millions. Yeah, as, when I'm uh, super a... famous. Yeah, it, making Warhammer content. Emperor <laughs> City and get your signature on the, on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me catch back up with Chat Gang here. One hundo, that's right. And and of course, since it is a hundred episode, uh, it means that all my episodes after this will be bad, except for around Halloween, which you know honestly tracks for me. Um, <laughs> like the Simpsons. You, you know, Meth. You can't get to a hundred without a couple of fifties. Um. Oh, oh, I see what you're what you're saying. One second. I, I'm surprised that uh that uh because of the Giannis and the fifty for fifty that the uh, rantathon didn't all of a sudden become a fifty hour thing to no. so that could also have fifty. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, that is a lot of time. See with the with the competing donations, I'm I'm looking for it to get like real out of control real early. Yes. Uh, where like we force Meph to have to go to sleep for like 17 hours. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, buddy, off the show. See you later. And then the the stay up longer crowd comes in and just swings it heavy the other way. Yeah. <laughs> just in the middle of the night, like, come on, you gotta come on. <laughs> Just so somebody like Chuck can burst in and make him do push-ups. Uh, Chuck's at a tournament that weekend, so he's not going to be able to... Do we um, have a stand-in? Oh. Maybe Bryce? All right. Because fitness is important for that marathon. It's great. you got to stay in shape. Round is a shape. It It certainly is. is. I speak from experience. Round is a shape. All right, that was the good boss. The good boss is good. All right, um, see, that's why we, we do it live. You never know what you're going to get. Mephisto might be on call and being irresponsible. You might get a dog. <laughs> never know. Yeah, dogs can show up. Um, I think we got to we got to put a cap on the like the 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 get up 
go to sleep thing. I like I'm physically incapable of sleeping like beyond a certain amount. Um, big Raiders. Oh, Raiders. Uh, hey. One Inch Heroes. Thank you so much for the raid. Welcome to one the one hundredth episode, the allegedly musical episode of uh, of Rantcast. Um, I was invited on, so we're all in trouble. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, take over. I was the ca- I was the captain of two of my sports teams as a senior in high school, and I was I was democratically voted against singing on the team bus. Unbelievable! Vote <laughs> of no confidence was held. After those votes, he actually joined the Glee Club and has <laughs> enjoyed a career in music. Which surprise Chuck was a highlight. Yeah, Chuck's at Du Bois this or Ren Four, so I don't. I don't think we're gonna get like a surprise Chuck this time, but uh, he said he might. Uh, he might. He might throw in like a gank somewhere, like. But you, you get the double secret surprise Chuck. Is that what it is? It's a, he's been lying to me. Um. <laughs> no, that was good. Um, yeah, so we we got a bunch of guests. Um, you know, Vince is coming back. Uh, we're kicking it off with Travis Winter. Um, if I can borrow Haywo's camera equipment, we'll actually uh, theoretically have a uh, like some Warhammer actually physically going on that you can like see in like a like a cutaway shot type thing. So, so it should be pretty good this year. Um, and then keeping it real, right on. And then uh, Hades saying uh, their mental health uh, is hinging on whether or not the new. Uh, uh, War Clans is going to be good. So, uh, I don't know if you're going to like this or not, but I've heard through the grapevine that their crossbows are actually pretty strong. So, I, Gross. yeah, I know. Like orcs that are good at shooting. Who wants those? They better be. They're called man skewers. <laughs> if you're going to call something a man skewer, it's got to be able to skewer men. Yeah, but men usually have like five up saves. Sometimes six up if they're like flagellants. Or no, flagellants are dashes, aren't they? Gargant skewers? Is that what you're saying? They're not called gargant skewers is exactly what I'm saying. Well, if you shoot enough of them, they can skewer a gargant. Just got to hit the same spot again and again. We've all seen it in the Robin Hood where it splits the arrow. Yeah. Yeah, I like the uh, yeah. I like the men in tights one where he's got the like what is it like the the patriot arrow or whatever it is. Yeah, and then <laughs> has to pull out the script to see. You mean I didn't win? Oh my gosh, Bell Brooks! Uh, if you thought that you were going to get for the 100th episode a focused and tight and like uh, flowing show, uh, you fools! You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I lack the ability to be focused and and or tight. But you actually, you actually have like show notes for playing and slaying, like you literally have show notes. If if I didn't have Troy, I wouldn't have show notes. I'm the ideas. I'm like, hey, let's talk about this. That'd be super cool. And then I go, what were we gonna talk about? And Troy goes, I put show notes out there. Here you go. Update the show notes. And then 15 minutes before the show, it's typing furiously. Thoughts get on paper. <laughs> There you go. There you go. So I, I haven't I haven't uh, listened in a little while. I kind of checked out from stuff for a bit. And I'm just now getting back in. Um, but uh, how's D and D going? <laughs> we're having fun. We're Question. doing uh, we're doing Rhyme of the Frostmaiden at the moment. Right on. Um, and uh, enjoying that setting. I don't know, Brendan. You're you're playing in that one. Yeah, 
I am, and I sleep through a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the... after after eight o'clock, you just you know. <laughs> yeah, it's out, yeah, out like a light. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. The gosh, so we've we've been on a bit of a hiatus the last like month ish. Um, I mean, there there were other things going on on uh, several of our gaming nights. Um, basketball mostly, mainly uh, basketball. Oh my gosh, mostly basketball. A lot of basketball going on, um, and then some like real life from other people. But you know, most importantly, basketball. Um, basketball is still real life. Yeah. So there's a link. To I think we. Line. I think we left off with like our Chartle and Dragon fight. And uh, the aftermath of that, that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, my character, almost against my will, uh, killed a player character because uh, I could not pass wisdom saves. And it was like, it was like the one character that everyone thought was like gonna be totally fine. And then my character revolves around standing still and using uh, as their bonus action and getting rerolls on their range shot. And I was supposed to close the distance with uh, the player character as part of the rule. And so I was like, ah, no worries. We're not on advantage. Cool, cool, cool. I crit with a sneak attack and almost zero this guy. Uh, like he's AC like 24 or something dumb. Like, ah, oh, so you're a man of fine taste playing a rogue in in uh, in five e. Well, I'm playing a I'm playing a ranged rogue. Yeah. Oh, disgusting. A, I take it back. What's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the new um, it's the new like grave speaker rogue oh, in Tasha's Cauldron has grave in it. I take it back. Uh, uh, in reverse. <laughs> yeah, you'd you'd love this subclass. You'd love this character. It's super cool. Um, we we kind of like homebrewed a speak with dead uh, kind of like ability on the character nice. that you know sometimes uh, we use and sometimes we forget about and sometimes it gets us out of binds. So it's it's really neat. There's some cool mechanics. There's whale whales of the grave, which is extra sneak attack damage to nearby. Uh, enemy units and i think when i get to level seven there's a way to like use a ton more of them and i'm super looking forward to that but but yeah i it's a really cool setting in that like it's just super open world and ty's been really good about just letting us kind of roam around and do our own thing and um, opening restaurants yeah still waiting for the business plan <laughs> i i need people to send me back an email <laughs> 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 Well, that's when you just have to go ahead and make the plan without them and then be like, this is just what the business plan is. No objections. Great. Done. Yeah. Like yeah. Every group project ever in college. Yeah. <laughs> One person does all the work. It's just, it's just a game of chicken being like, so do I hope that they do it or do I go ahead and just do it all? Yeah. Uh, Which do we close do line here? my career these days. We just gotta hope that uh, the uh, they, they both don't choose to not do anything. Hold on. Hey, G Dead, how's it going? So G Dead actually uh, uh, donated a couple prizes to to the Rantathon this year. Uh, one of them being a Dominion box. So you're talking about Cruel Boys Dominion boxes in there. Someone said, "Convince me to play uh, to switch to Swamp Orcs." Uh, 
Yeah, okay. Vulture. Hang on. Let me... Uh... Big monster. Yeah, Vulture. The Man vulture. Skewer. I I was just gonna show you the the picture of the vulture. I have a. Uh... See, but I'm gonna turn that into a, an undead parrot. I'm gonna turn it into oh, an undead brilliant. something. But, but parrot? No. Yeah. For my zombie pirate. For my vampires. I'm gonna turn it into a big giant zombie parrot. You know what? It it's on theme for you, so I support this. I'm I'm thinking like of a Xanthos type conversion or something like. Problem is, is like. OBR don't have any flying models, so I got to be like, you know, and then just run it as a catapult. Yes, so. it flies out and hits you. It's like the blood vultures for uh, yeah, for for ogre maw tribes. Like it, yep. it flies out, hits you, and then flies back. Yes, yeah, it is the catapult. It is the catapult. There we go. I I looked love at that it. thing. I fell in love. I, I've never been tempted. I've been. That's not true. I really like Gloomspite Gits, but I only like a couple of the like a couple of them. I think are some of the greatest sculpts I've ever seen. But the totality of the army and the prospect of running a hundred twenty like goblins is just not something I'm into. But uh, I'm getting a little. Bit you could even build a big giant bone skeleton and have the giant vulture perched on the arm. <laughs> yeah, and then it goes yeah. out and. Hits people and then comes back and that's your catapult. Or just put all of Catacross on on the howda. Like yeah, the, the whole that'd be catapult, great. Like on yep. the howda and then it's just like oh, so so cool. Or that's a zombie dragon. I mean that that could easily go into my soul black grave lords. But yep. But I don't want to do the easy thing. No no no. <laughs> um, as far as convincing you to play Cruel Boys, I mean I can't say anything without the the book being out. You know. Um, my line is often the 100% new thing is rarely bad. Like they just, it's like, it, it's like League of Legends. The new champion is almost never bad. It's almost always good because they want you to buy it. I mean, this no. isn't, it's not like it's a Machiavellian scheme that nobody knows is coming with a, you know, in a capitalist society that the business who tries to stay in business is going to sell the new thing and make the new thing good. It's very rare that it goes the opposite direction. It does happen, but usually that's an oversight and not the intent. And so, then it rebounds hard. Right. So, I I mean, think about, like, IDK was a all-edition long, like, a, just kind of a nightmare, right? Like, for... It was a it was a litmus test for people. Uh, Soulblight Gravelords are uh, uh, Brendan. I, I think they're good, right? Didn't, didn't, I think they're good. Didn't 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 we like didn't we like both have our shows say that the book is good and a bunch of people were like, no nah, man, we don't think this is good. Uh, don't you have some sort of like objective like objective some sort of like objective oh, proof that it might be okay? Yeah, oh, I think I do. Oh, is it goes, nice. Excuse me, just a moment. Let me reach to my collection of hardware. Uh, best yeah. general at Circle City's Clash with with Soulblight Grave Lords, defeating two Sons of Behemot players from the Detroit Warhammer Club. That's right. Seems all right. Yeah, the land of monsters <laughs> itself. Yeah, Gortroit. Uh, G Dad dropping a thousand RDP to remind everyone that Chat Gang ain't none to mess with, and Hotspur dropping a thousand RDP to remind everyone that Chat Gang ain't nothing to mess with. So yeah, um, no SBG. I, I think they're legit. Um, I don't think they're overtuned. I, th I think they're good. You know, just yeah. No, it, it required some really solid play on my part uh, to to be able to get in that position. But 
the the army itself wasn't hurting me in in any of that operation. Right, and that's important. I, I mean, that's where I want an army to be. Ideally, I, I I don't want it to be in like auto, like an autopilot, like low thinking army, which I do think uh, 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 Sons of Bahamut is in that category right now, just because of the changes with. I mean, no army is truly autopilot. We have a lot of decisions to make in this game. Unbelievable! That's a um. They that's, just don't have very many. Right. I mean, that's that's a misnomer. But some armies take less mental bandwidth than others. I think I think Sons of Bahamut takes less uh, mental bandwidth than most others. Um, that's not me panning them. Uh, I defended that book when it came out. Once again, in the minority, me and Vanilla Sauce said this army was good. Uh, and uh, then we hung our mission accomplished banner that said, we told you so, when, uh, lo and behold, it was a good army. Um, it's wasn't the army people necessarily wanted, but that didn't mean it didn't perform well, right? And these are two separate things, and I, I can't, you know, one's a subjective thing, one's an objective thing. I can't tell you subjectively how you should feel about how an army should play, right? Like, that's all on, that's all on you, man. Like, respect what, you, you know, I, you know, uh, full respect to people, people's opinions on that stuff. But, but to look at the army and be like, this army's trash you're objectively wrong on Sons of Hemet. Like, it's a good army. Um, but like, the point is, is, like, the new armies are very rarely bad. So, I don't... I don't see Cruel Boys being bad. And I would expand on that by saying War Clans has low-key been one of the strongest books of all of 2.0. Like, just wall-to-wall, -wall, it was good throughout all of 2.0. Um, you know, basically... Uh, it was well, from from their release point. They, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I like. They said the War Clans book, right? Um, and then Iron Jaws specifically had that like six month period of GHB changes where they were like casino, casino wall, and that was like pure insanity. Like you push all the poker chips to the middle and just like tee off infinite, uh, infinite walls. Like pigs did fly. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um. Soren, I'm uh, uh, dropping a 10,000 RDP to remind everyone the chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. Luke Skywalker dropping a thousand, and then uh, and then Ty gifting five gift subs to the community. Thank you so much for that. Um, look at this guy. I'm I'm in chat. I'm paying attention, actively engaged. Um, what is Kynan like from Underworlds? Does he work well in OBR? No. <laughs> um, I'll put him in a list that he featured on his show, but there's whatever that is, Nagash list. I think he used him only for the because he's a wizard. Uh, what's his name? Did but yeah, I, I you're allowed one pet unit. You can run him as a pet, and that's and that's where it stops. Uh, I wanted him to have like just a a truly crushing uh, attack profile, like to real or like. To really kind of bring him home, and uh, they didn't really do that. He's, I mean, all these like he's okay. I, you know, I'd run honestly. I'd run him as like just your soul reaper. Your soul reaper is is, is like kind of a value pick right now. Like if you a soul reaper or, or like a, a yeah, yeah, I, I'd run him in that si situation. I've got him sitting back here. Um, there's mine. Oh, I love it so much. You can't make me hate it. Like oh, so cool. One of the fucking coolest sculpts I've ever seen. Like, just hands down. It is an S-tier sculpt. Likely to use his uh, giant axe as a conversion for something. Like, I just love that oh, yeah. weapon. Good you size. Leave, leave him alone. <laughs> you keep it. No, I don't care what you I use. I won't touch yours, man. Right. And then uh, and then I've got my uh, 
Crimson Court, which also was a small letdown. I wish that they had been, uh, like, in a in an alternate reality. Yeah, there's your Crimson Court together and painted, unlike mine, just in the box. Look, it I, makes me feel I, good that it's in the box. All right, it's for me. <laughs> I'm I'm three fourths of the way done. I got one to go. Um, but Travis, Travis is done. That's yeah, right on, right on. The, uh, the other thing though is. Now that Bloodborne, you can run Bloodborne separately, you could also run them, because they have the same base sizes, you could run them as Bloodborne if you don't want to use oh the curriculum. you're a genius. I was so, I was trying to figure out how to buy three more. Perfect. Well, you could enter to win a Curse City box on the Rantathon <laughs> and find your way to three more. Yeah, yeah. True. Oh, no, it's a great idea. Running them, at, no, that's perfect. Um, running the, uh, the main dude as, like, your actual vampire lord, that's easy, you know, like... Yeah, you, you just take the main one, he's a vampire lord, and the other three are bloodborne if you want, uh, yeah. more bloodborns. Yeah, perfect. So, you just gotta chuck them on a 40. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you put the yeah. piece of cake, though. Yeah, who doesn't have extra bases just sitting around their entire house at all times, like, in boxes, t like, tucked off in the corner, and you forget... Littered around my house. Yeah, just literally littered around, all, all over my office. Like... <laughs> I used a a pie pl a, pl a pie plate as a coaster the other day, like in my living room, not even in my office, which is where you might expect that to be the the story that I just no in the actual living room, like oh, coaster. <laughs> <laughs> the Bloodborne are already painted in that box, though. It's true. <laughs> which is great. Um, no, I don't have to paint. No, I I think um that that's. I mean that that Curse City box set is, I mean it's a grand prize in and of itself. It's it's so like well painted and. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that Soren called uh, uh, Games Workshop and got them to rewrite the the War Scrolls in the FAQ so that uh, that box could just be pure stonks. <laughs> pure stonks. Oh yeah. Pure. Oh yeah. Oh G uh, Gorslav. <laughs> Oh, he's Whoa. so much fun. There is, it is so defeating if you're just running a block of 60 zombies for no reason other than just being able to shovel 30 of them back. <laughs> just the person you're playing is just going, ah, I got to kill 30 more of those. Like, you don't even have to roll for it. They just, they're just there because the 75-point weirdo that can uh, bounce wounds to zombies. Yeah, this the 75-point freaking... Uh, 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 Guillermo del Toro nightmare yeah. creature like it's oh it's 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 probably my favorite sculpt in the Curse City range and it's got the best rules and that is the he's the anti-Lotan like we've got it yeah yeah he's the anti-Lotan yep that's fair yeah if you're running zombies get a Gorslav and I, I look forward to everyone's bad proxies of Gorslav because of the limited freaking Curse City run oh man I was I see neurotically I don't want to break up my Curse City box because like I want like my Curse City models are going to be for playing the board game I actually want to play the board game, but I'm like I'm not buying another Curse City box so guess that fucking went out the window immediately. See, I made a gamble that they were going to eventually break them up, and so I got one Curse City and then immediately went to eBay and bought extras of each of the things Smart. that I thought that they would uh, make extras of, and it worked out. Smart, smart. Good. Nice. Um, uh, I couldn't get it when it first came out. Everyone wanted it because of the sculpt. 
Main Warband. House Underworlds. <laughs> no, I, I mean, a lot of the Underworlds Warbands are, like, top-tier sculpts. Like, uh, I even yeah. have the... In my regular, like, rank... In my regular Skellingtons, like, just my Skeleton Warriors, I've got the Shadespire box set just in there as points of visual interest. Like, they're just regular-ass Skeletons. Um, it's not bad in, in Soul Blight if you, like, randomly only have 80 points or whatever they are. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, Ranthon prizes this year are on point. Yeah, there's some really good ones in there. Like, really, truly. Um, nice. Love this sculpt, the skelly with the spear. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. dope. Is that a purple cape I see? You have chosen correctly. <laughs> 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 no, it's no red and copper. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as uh, Kainan, uh, Mir Kainan, which is one of the coolest names in Age of Sigmar as well, uh, it's like Kamir, and then he's gonna kill you. And I don't, I don't have a rhyme for Kainan, but um, but Mir Kainan, yeah, I'll work on one. Like Mir Kainan, more like Mir Kamir. I'm killing ya. Yikes. We'll Yikes. be here all night. Also gave us the crab. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your wave staff. Try the pot roast. <laughs> um, Yikes. <laughs> your core slob is on top of your Kraken Eater. Oh, no. Like, he's just, like, hooked on top of the Kraken Eater, like, dying or it's something? It's really sweet conversion if you haven't seen it. Oh, I must have missed this conversion. It's, it's solid. It, it's really good. It's really good. Uh... I'd say throw it up in the Discord, but send it to me on Twitter so I can actually look at it without having to switch off uh, here. Um, <laughs> I regret nothing. I missed all the Season 1 Warbands. I regret nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, Games Workshop is very good at getting our money. I mean, they're they're fantastic at it. And just the, the Shadespire being kind of underpowered, but being such good sculpts to where you, you just want them for your army anyway... Yeah. Plus doubling as a gateway drug to people who don't play the who don't play who are like I don't want to play like two thousand points right you like oh you kind of want to play with some minis and you want to play this weird card game like it's it's just genius it's it's actually like pure like marketing sort of genius and uh, you know as long as they keep making great sculpts I forgive their like shameless capitalism. <laughs> Oh man, I have my price. Turns out it's yeah. looking good. Uh, you know, I am. <laughs> At least you don't have to get the models from Shadespire or Underworlds, whatever it is, in like random booster packages. Oh, that'd be right. a nightmare. That'd be terrible. See, that would be like, oh yeah, like a loot box system. See, oh, collectible miniatures game. They do that in 40k. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but if you buy the whole box of it, you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed. to get all of them. Yeah, sure. Spend enough. <laughs> yeah, spend enough. You'll get all of them. Make it fine. Oh, that makes me want to vomit. Oh, oh no. They found a way to do whole... loot boxes in tabletop. No. But it's optional loot boxing. Like, they... is, it, is it, though? I feel programmed enough to buy that I just have to buy it. They have done but... studies in terms of video games that the uh, the actual, like, cycle, even, like, with cosmetics that don't have game impacts and optional loot boxing, it still uh, has the same stressors and anxieties of, like, needing to progress the game that everything else does. 
And I like, yeah, go ahead. You like, you know, if you like, if you want all seven of them, and who does like, and who has looked at any of those space marines and want like, I only want like that second one. You buy just the the package that it ships in that has only seven of them, and and that's it, and you're done. And it's just like buying an expensive kit. It's just they're boxed like seven heroes. They're somewhere in my basement, still in box, and I have them. And I don't yep. need to take them out and build them and paint them. Here's that conversion. Because I've collected them. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, I love the earring. Like the, the blue pop of color. That's really nice. And like Gorslav is piloting him. Like, that's, oh, that's awesome. That's sick. <laughs> that's freaking awesome, man. Oh, man. How did I miss this one? Yeah, don't know. It's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, no, that's that's metal, metal AF. Um, yeah, Hero Clicks has been loot boxes in tabletop since its start. I mean, yes. I mean, there were. I mean, CCGs are loot boxes too, right? Like that's yeah. you know that's the obvious joke is that CCGs and they found a way to port it into video games and so on and so forth. But like the thing is, is only like four people played Hero Clicks. Sure, I was one of them, oh. but. <laughs> Every, it was hero clicks that everyone was into right hero clicks was when i tried to play and i i couldn't because the They're symbols major. on the the wheel were all like colors and i'm colorblind so i couldn't tell what the the various uh symbols were it was very uh, hard for me to play no see i played mage knight not hero clicks it was mage knight was the one i played and uh i it was straight trash but i kept pulling fucking stupid elven archers so I had this, like, really spammy elven archer army with, like, one treant or something like that. And it was really annoying, I guess, for all of my opponents to play against. And I hated it, too. And you could tell I hated it, but it was what, like, I kept ripping from boxes. And it was the best thing I could make with the stuff I ripped from boxes. Oh, God. Like, I'm having, like, PTSD flashbacks to playing uh, Mage Knight now. And... You played the Mage Knight board game? No, I've never. heard it's actually very good, but I've never played it. No, I remember one of the big selling points of Mage Knight was it wasn't as finicky as Warhammer. Like, because at the time, you know, they, they were trying to like kind of make a lower price point competing with Warhammer uh, Fantasy Battle, right? And they're like, oh, you don't need terrain and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's all the shit that makes it cool. Like, just be like, it's cheaper. <laughs> Except, of course, it's not cheaper because, you know... It's really easy Good to box. just keep spending, you know, twenty bucks, twenty bucks, twenty bucks, twenty bucks. So, but that's why Shadespire is brilliant because it's it's like hammering the gap between the two. It's genius. So, um, I go out of MTG early. Blah blah blah. Um, so uh, one thing I did want to talk about, um. Like, I'm not going to make Brendan do a full uh, tournament report of, of Circle City Clash. If you want to hear how he dominated with Soulblight, uh, Soulblight Gravelords, he's recording that show tomorrow night. It'll probably drop, like, Sunday, Monday. Probably Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. So so keep an eye out for that. Um, if you want to hear how to dominate with Soulblight Gravelords and impress all your friends, um, look forward to that. Um, it wasn't an easy draw either. Like you, you played against two of the Detroit Warhammer clubs, probably are arguably two of their best. Like Sean's up there too, but, uh, you, what one, one, uh, one, one American, uh, team championship roster member. And, uh, and then the president, oh, oh, of sir, the sir, I am the American team champion alongside Sorry. Carson Burns, Jacob Berry and Zachary Cachetta. Oh, my bad. Three years undefeated, mind you. 
they well, are members of Team America for the World Team Champions. Oh, that's what it was. My bad. My bad. No, I'm sorry. sorry. Please. <laughs> please don't respect Team uh, uh, Run ATC. Thank you. Yeah, my, no disrespect, Matt. Um, but yeah, you had to play through Always. it. <laughs> He's still wearing it. He's still... When was the last time that tournament ran, by the way? Was it three years ago? Three years ago. <laughs> three years ago. Yeah. It's been canceled for two years in a row. We've we've signed up for all of them. Uh, we've never been defeated in the no, subsequent no, years. Technically so. correct. The best kind of correct. Yeah. The best yeah, kind of correct. Yeah. You're the champs until someone can take it away, and nobody has taken it away. So right. 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 No, no, it's not wrong. Um, but yeah. So if you guys hear about that, but one thing I do want to talk about is is sort of like uh, uh, passion. Um, I think I I've had this Twitter conversation. I had this Twitter conversation about a month ago with someone on the internet. And I, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was because it's just pictures, the, the picture box, and it shows me pictures of avatars. And sometimes I don't read the names because they're just these really long inside jokes, and I have no idea. Um, I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be disingenuous. Um, but we, it was just a conversation. That they, they just said, like, you know, it was one of those, like, viral threads, like, admit something about yourself. or, And uh, they said, I've never listened to Prince. Now, uh, I don't know if many of y'all know anything about me, but, uh, you know, I was born in Minnesota, raised in North Carolina, and I reside in Wisconsin. Um, I consider myself a Wisconsinite for all intents and purposes, but you can't be born in Minnesota without, like, having this, like, gra- like this gravitational pull towards Prince. It's impossible. And I think for, like, the rest of the country, it, it's, it's probably similar, but it's, like, you know, double X gravity if you're from Minnesota. Um, and uh, he, uh, you know, I, like one of my favorite musicians and th- this person's like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I've never listened to Prince. And I'm just like it in my world. I'm like, this, this isn't even something. And I promise that I can, that I'm tying this into age of Sigmar in a second. This is one of my weird, this isn't a full rabbit hole. Um, and I gave this person advice and like that advice I gave them trended like that. That's like the, the, the thing that I've had probably retweeted and liked the most is like the one tweet I sent to this person, which was, um, you know, find someone in your circle of friends that does love Prince and learn about Prince through the lens of their passion. Um, I think that this is something you can apply to virtually all walks of life. So if there's something out there and, and I, I think about and when I think about this in terms of like the AOS context, there are armies that I straight up do not like, right? Like we all have them, right? If you want to go around the around the room and name the army you just hate, we can do that real quick because people like Skaven. negativity. But Skaven, all right, Brendan. So Skaven didn't even think about it. Didn't even have to like to get it out. Um, mine has traditionally been Zinch. Um, <laughs> like uh, you can like you can uh, clip that and be like Mephisto hates Zinch. He's a Zinch hater, and then like you know uh, take it out of context or whatever. Um, it's how you get canceled. Yeah, until I get canceled for not liking Zinch or whatever. Um, Deepkin says <laughs> Arctic Circle. Everyone's got like an army that you just you just don't jive. It's, it's uh, you know like it's the you know if you have like a big brother who always used to beat you in a video game, you hated that character they always played, right? Like irrationally. <laughs> like it's there's like everyone's got an army kind of like that in Age of Sigmar, I think. Um, and when you're on Twitter, we speak in binary and that's a double entendre because ha 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 zeros and ones but also someone says something and then like you say something sort of 
and it's the way it's presented and the way the entire algorithm is set up to work in Twitter is that that thing that you say back then sort of feels just with our culture and everything feels antagonistic or like like a pushback right like it just that's how it now it's that's why you get the limited characters because you can't be nuanced that's why that's where the whole thing is set up the way it is um and it's really easy when you're on the internet to like have the like you know, I hate zinch or I hate this army and so on and so forth and we very rarely get a complete or holistic view of others armies you know for every person out there making me hate zinch because they're playing change host and I'm like oh god change host again you know there's somebody out there who genuinely just loves their derpy gumball monsters and silly birds. Uh, his name is is Dr. Alex. He's a friend of the show. Um, <laughs> but but that's kind of where I'm going with this is is you know this 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 weird like sort of noise negativity like negativity noise feedback loop that so easily forms on the internet. Um, we're not often looking at it through the lens of others' passion usually passionately through our own point of view. And I really do think that if you take time and, like, ha if you have a friend who is, like, passionate about the army or, like, just that sort of one one tier removed from your, like, sort of inner circle of friends, you have that sort of, like, extended circle of friends where you have that person, take, take the time to, like, give them the sort of, like, the good faith moment of bonding and just see why they love their army. And I think when you do that, you get a, a broader appreciation for the game itself. And I, again, I think this applies to, to virtually everything. Prince, you know, like, you don't... I've never listened to Prince. Well, the first listen to Prince shouldn't be just the radio. It should be hanging out with someone who loves them. And, and it's probably way too much of a nerd and like, oh, he recorded this song this time. And, and like, you're like, okay, hey, hey, hey. Dial it back a little bit. I'm trying to process here. But, you know, in, in Warhammer, I find that for me, the passion, the love, the drive that other peoples have, that's what helps me not be, quite frankly, such an asshole. Because um, <laughs> it's really easy to be an asshole on the internet. Um, what do we got here? Um, I know everyone's minds are blown right now. I killed chat. Like, chat is just stopped dead. <laughs> Usually Too I'm not nuanced. rant, rant harder. No, rant more. No, that's that's. I mean, that's. You know, usually I'm not that like explicit and bludgeoning with my message, right? Like I'm not. You know, like usually the message that I'm trying to get across for the episode is like hidden. You know, like oftentimes it's like fuck capitalism and it's just like hidden behind layers of stuff, like uh or uh. <laughs> well, I think it, I think it was you that put up. Uh, a meme it's the huge like amount of coffee coming into the small cup and it's the, like me talking about that but that that is like passion i mean when when you are excited about something you're invested in something you have all of this that you want to share because I, I think passion to some people might be highly personal and something that they contain and keep inside but for for me at least it's something i want to share you know like love love of rpgs love of like I appreciate baseball, the game, like sitting at a game and keeping score and just like, I want to share these, these things with others mm -hmm. in hopes that they find enjoyment and they find happiness or joy in these things too. And, and it's that fine line of I'm oversharing. I'm, I'm, you know, just, I can't stop to, okay, <laughs> I get it. I've given you enough to think about right. and, and chew on. 
go see if you like it too. <laughs> right. Well, and see that's and that's what makes us nerds. We don't know where that line is where we've talked too much about our nerd thing. That's why you're a nerd. You can't shut up basically. Like that's that's where you become a nerd. You know, sports have been the socially acceptable nerddom for a long time. Think about it. They have they they cosplay as the as the players. Like yeah. they they'll like they paint their faces. Like they are all about the stats and numbers. Like an RPG nerd. Stats. Yeah. Yep. Like have mock they drafts. Conventions that they call games. Yeah, they go to conventions that cost way more than our conventions. <laughs> that they call sports games. You know, like there's they have entire like haunts that they go to that are dedicated to just that called a sports bar. Like they're the, the 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 big difference was that when you were into sports, it was socially acceptable to be in sports, and everyone else was a weirdo if they weren't on your level. And like we've actually within my lifetime watched that dynamic shift, which has been fantastic. Because now it's like we we dismissively I use it too, sports ball. Like oh they're talking about sports ball, and like we've done this thing where we've kind of like you say sports ball dismissively, and like kind of you're dismissing and shitting on somebody else's passion when you like. Uh, you're not okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings by calling sports ball. Like I said, I, I call it that. But that paradigm shift happened, and like now it's like if you're talking about Marvel or Star Wars, and they're not, or or at the height of Game of Thrones, if you were talking, like you just assumed people had seen Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or were in uh, in on the MCU or whatever thing, and you assumed that and started talking about it, and when people didn't reciprocate in public spaces, now they were the weird ones, and we've watched this like weird little paradigm shift where like. The, the, the dominant status quo has kind of become nerdery. Um, but, like, it's all nerds. Always has been, like, astronaut meme. Like... <laughs> Disney bought ESPN. Yeah, Disney bought ESPN. Like, what more, what more proof do you need? The, the, yeah, the what, what more proof do you need? Like... <laughs> well, they, you know, ESPN actually aired the MTG championships. They aired StarCraft championships mm-hmm. back in the day. Like... Yep. Like... It, it, it's to me it's 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 the it comes back to that like not yucking somebody's yum like yeah if you like browbeat me with your interest you know i'm gonna check out and you know but like if i have a gen- personal curiosity and i'm like hey you know what's up with this thing unload i have given you like you know i have given you like the 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 sort of like go ahead to just like tell me everything um and you know i i, I like to joke that like i'm just the type of person who's very curious and if I see somebody like doing that is the best at something or super passionate about something, I'll like kind of quirk my brow. Like I'm the guy who falls down internet holes all the time. Like, I'll, like this person's the best crocheter in the universe. And I'm like, Oh really? You know, what's the best crocheter in the universe look like? You know? And I just have that, like, I have that, you know, not everyone does where you're like, you know, I'll, I'll you know, start one night i got a like i i never was a skateboarder actually i kind of had a little as a younger kid i was like in the goth punk crowd um so i had a little bit of a disdain for like the the skater kids because they they're all like fake punk to me and you know and um they were usually like middle class and i was lower you know i was you know i was poor you know and or they projected that and so you know they their moms had the vans and stuff that was my area i don't know you know whatever your area is gonna be different right um and so I always kind of like a little bit of a light disdain uh, for the you know, Avril Levine like skater boy crowd, like you know. And then one night, as an adult, Mephisto, and I like to think that I'm better now than I was as a kind of a shitty kid. Um, I just like suddenly needed to know everything about Rodney Mullen. I saw one video, just one video, 
of him like disco skateboarding or disc or, or it was like disco skating or something like that. And I'm like, this is the guy that was in Tony Hawk Pro Skater, because even if I didn't like skateboarding, like I love good video games, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater's a fucking dope-ass game. It had fucking uh, Ace of Spades uh, uh, on the soundtrack. It had fucking Motorhead. It had Flogging Molly. Like, <laughs> good tunes, man. Um, yeah, and, and I remember, like, just suddenly I, like, and then Haywo, by the way, like, I'm, I'm airing some of his laundry here, so pardon me. He likes skateboarding. And so, like, this is something I always knew about him, but we never had that conversation, right? Because he, he, like, I knew he skateboarded. I didn't, quite, I didn't really like it. it. wasn't something we talked about. But then here I am, you know, uh, more than a decade later, I, like, I DM him. I'm like, I just watched six hours of Rodney Vol- Mullen skateboarding videos. Tell me everything you know. <laughs> and then we had this, like, conversation that went up until, like, 4 a.m. where he told me, like, about Rodney Mullen. Rodney Mullen's on, like, the – actually uh, on the autism spectrum – uh, they believe, and so like he just hyperfixates on skateboarding, and this is the he, this is the person who, who invented like almost every freestyle trick, and every freestyle trick they do right now is just a variant on something Mul- like Rodney Mullen did. Like, yeah, what he likes skateboarding? No, yeah, I know, doesn't it? <laughs> that's that's why I'm like actually like uh, low key excited they're doing uh, another Jackass movie. Because uh, I grew up watching all those absolute idiots doing everything. And now, you know, I mean, they're just, you know, a little older than I am, things like that. Them still continuing to just capitalize on uh, being idiots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I think there's a schadenfreude, right? The, the whole rant-a-thon back and forth of whether I sleep or not is schadenfreude, right? There's a, there's just a little bit that the the thing is is like even though i didn't like skateboarding i loved watching skateboarders wipe out well well so this goes back to another thing though that i think you also enjoy as i i like watching someone when they are the best at it like at like whatever it is there's just something that is fantastic to see when somebody performing at like beyond peak performance or like do doing things that everybody thought like weren't possible like simone biles just like i don't even care about really about gymnastics but it's impossible not to pay attention to somebody who hasn't lost in nine years yeah like her floor routine like yeah. video that oh she invented viral, a trick like... too like she has a, a she trick has a, named, she has named... multiple tricks yeah that yep. she like invents and nobody else can ever do again and they're just like named after her. Yeah, there's like the the bile is a trick that she that yeah. like it's just the, there was a twelve year old kid that did at the X Games a like on a the whatever they call the half pipe ramp. He, he did like a ten eighty with yeah. Tony Hawk in attendance and like one. He's like he didn't win. He didn't Brazil. win. Tony Hawk was was uh, actually uh, Tony Hawk did a video. Um, I thought the twelve year old won. The the the, the ten the ten eighty didn't win. It was someone else oh, did something else. It that's got, the he got travesty. Second. That's and that's, that's what Tony Hawk said. He said this. He's it, like it, Tony Hawk was recording a video. This was the same night I became an expert on Rodney Mullen. I watched a bunch of Tony Hawk shit. Because um, <laughs> Tony, uh, it all started with the do a kickflip. Like uh, I or, or no, it started with Tony Hawk being mistaken for Tony Hawk tweets. And, yeah. Like which, which is the which is like one of the the greatest internet. I don't even care if he's like joking about it. Like. But like it's one of the greatest like internet things ever. So it's just like Tony Hawk being mistaken for Tony Hawk. If you if you if you want like a good just if you need to pick me up, your mental health is like 
you've had a rough day at work or something and you just need to laugh, read these tweets. Just go go Google search them. You'll, you'll find them. I think it's actually an Instagram, but they're all like super clipped together. And that's how it all started. And I started watching Tony Hawk stuff. And then, and then that made me so, you know, I kind of go back a little bit to get caught up on the current things. And then my exact, my journey with music is the exact same way. Like, I know what I liked when I was growing up. And then I'm like, well, what did they all like? And then I just started going back in time. And you get to a point where you go, if you go back in time far enough, then you like jump forward to like other influences. So like finding out that like, you know, run DMC and like, uh, you know, Aerosmith did a song together, right? That's an easy bridge. But finding out that like run DMC had like the same, has one of the same influences as Pink Floyd in uh, Junior Kimbro and uh, Muddy Waters and shit. Like you're like, oh, well, now I got to go listen to all, like, this whole other genre opens up to me. Like, this is this is just how my brain works. And I did this with skateboarding, so then I ended up on Runny Mullen. But uh, what it was is, like, uh, the Tony Hawk video, he was talking about, like, in the video, he was teaching you vert. And in the video, he says, like, nobody's done a 1080 yet. And then there was actually, like, a little clip after the credits or whatever. He says, this kid's practicing this uh, the 1080. I think he's nailed it, and he's going to try it at the X Games. And so Tony Hawk was, like like did a sort of a follow-up video because he nails it and he's just like this and he didn't win he got i think believe he got second you can you can you can fact check me but that's my memory of that like i'm pretty certain he tony hawk was like and dude got second this is bullshit <laughs> like, um the cool thing about skaters in the 90s was that they weren't too cool for warhammer some of our best players in high school were skater bros and, and see and that and that's the thing is like cross-pollinating with passion I think is is really where it's at. Like when you, you know, when you don't yuck other people's yum and you you give them the time of day. You don't again. You don't have to, right? Like if you just start bombarding me with stuff and I'm not in the mood, like I kind of have to be curious about it. But once I am, you know, I want to see the best people or the most passionate people. Like we have this uh, in our Discord. We have a sumo chat because Frank loves sumo, and so just once every few months, sumo's up. And, like, watching Sumo with Frank is just, like, his just happiness yeah. brings me happiness. You know, there's that, the, the, the quote, the, the well, the greatest bad guy speech of all time is, is obviously Raul Julia's Bison speech. The second greatest bad guy speech of all time is in The Devil's, uh, Devil's Advocate with Pacino. And, uh, uh, you know, so, so Keanu Reeves is kind of slowly descending into all, like, the sins and losing his wife and relationship and screwing everything up. And, uh, you know... Keanu confronts uh, confronts Pacino at the end of the movie, and he basically starts blaming the devil for everything he's done. And the devil says, no, I didn't actually do any of that stuff. You did that stuff. I was just warming my hands by your fire. Like, and that's the line is, I was just warming my hands by your fire. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of like that. Like, I'm kind of like Pacino in that scene. Like, I like, like, I like warming my hands by other people's fire. And by fire, I mean passion. Not like, you know, their body or anything weird like that. <laughs> Right, you can't browbeat someone into yumming your yum. <laughs> Watch <I> me. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Let's let Brendan talk for 15 minutes about something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, the 90, 90s skater culture was, like, sort of developing. Like, it, it wasn't, you know, at that period in time, like, you think about when something's emerging, you tend to be a little insecure about it, right? You got to be protective of the thing. Which is why the Vans Poser thing probably happened, right? They, they have to be there. You, you're insular. I think we're with Warhammer. I think we're on the cusp of it being mainstream 
it's it's niche within tabletop gaming, which is mainstream thanks to like Roll Twenty and uh, or, or uh, sorry, uh, Critical Role and you know some other stuff. Really, uh, Stranger Things really mainstreaming uh, Dungeons and Dragons specifically, and then. Once you mainstream Dungeons and Dragons, then people come over, play Dungeons and Dragons, and they're like, "Oh, what other things are like Dungeons and Dragons?" It's only a matter of time before they land on on Warhammer. And 40k is a is a mega IP. You know, Games Workshop is an 85 billion dollar company. They they're they they're really good at convincing everyone that they're a small company. Uh, they're not. They're 85 86 billion dollar company. Half of it's on their digital uh, on their digital IP, like right. full on half comes from video games like Dawn of War and uh, stuff like that. Uh, oh. I hope that trash mobile game is losing money though. Um, <laughs> it, not because I don't want the game to be good and I'm into yucking people's yum, but because the commercials infuriate me. Oh, so annoying! <laughs> Every day. <laughs> it was. It's becoming the Raid Shadow Legends where I like I could never know. Like I would. You could have the best game on the planet, but your obno- your your commercials are so obnoxious. I will never know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you well, know, yeah. half. So so even if you you go with their like a forty two billion dollar gaming company in tabletop gaming, doing minis like niche. Like I don't know if I if I can like explain to people how dominant that is. You know, like they could buy Hasbro. Like the wing of, of of Hasbro that they they want wizards, right? They could theoretically buy wizards, and vice versa because they both have tons of money. Hasbro itself has tons. My problem with forty k is my hatred of trolling out gun barrels. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think there's a difference between between people who who are just getting into like something that they're interested in, and then once you that insecurity reside uh, like re- recedes then you get to have sort of like an honest enjoyment of it um just paint a black dot <laughs> that's the secret not yep. not gonna lie the live action rage uh commercials were hilarious made me want to raid sitcom oh we're like they're getting like they're they're like it's... having talking to like a psychiatrist or something wasn't that one of them that would be so much better than the game though like the sitcom, I would probably I would be probably more willing to watch that. And it would still never absolutely touch the game at all. But I would probably watch that out of like irony. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the other thing is it's amazing how how quickly irony turns into legitimate enjoyment. Like, look at what happened. Like, that's how brony culture like occurred at all. Speaking of just passion stuff, just a bunch of people heard that like a My Little Pony cartoon was coming out on 4chan and they're like let's watch it and make fun of it and then like and then they're like they fell in love with it <laughs> and that's how bronies just occurred is like setting out like be careful right <laughs> oh man but uh so this this uh now that we've gotten the first hour out the way go ahead yeah therapy and the training session one and the relationship problems uh because of the hot champions <laughs> it's classic storylines well i mean they like they're they're really going after their target audience obviously you know like there's a reason they have the hot ladies right um but they want to get what, teen- what it, teenage what is this kids. raid shadow legends yeah i i must have missed this entirely at some point in time do you go on YouTube? do you watch youtube at all yeah 
surprisingly, no, I, I really don't. I other than the occasional um, rant cast and the occasional Warhammer Weekly, I'm I'm not a YouTuber, and I'm not monetized yet, so you wouldn't necessarily see commercials on my stuff. And I'll, so I'll, I'll ask my son because he's watching YouTube all the time. So I'll be like, he'll, he'll know. Okay, no. Landon will know. Your boy all will right. know. All right. Yeah. 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 Um. So, so tonight, uh, 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 chat gang, I just wish to remind you, uh, it's the musical episode. So if anyone wants to break into song, cool. Uh, if you want to gank the chat, um, someone wants to keep an eye on Discord here. Uh, we're going to be using the Arcane Sanctuary. Oh, Hotspur's in there. I don't know if this is on purpose. He may be going for a I game. I think it's Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl? Okay, so we'll go ahead and use uh, the Den of Evil. Uh, we'll be our green room. If you want, we're going to be doing a uh, we're going to be doing a uh, a call in show. So you can uh, if you hop into the uh, the Den of Evil. Here, I'll go ahead and uh, create an invite here that'll last for the evening, eight hours or so. Um, if you want to, you can hop in the Den of Evil and you can ask any of us questions, uh, like a call in show. Uh, you know, if you make them about Warhammer, obviously we'll answer your Warhammer questions. But tonight's theme is passion. It's all about like living passionately, loving your hobbies, like, you know, just not yucking people's yum. It's it's okay to be passive with other people's yum. Like there are things I just don't get. You know, I don't I don't um <laughs> I I'm a little bit more on board with Zinch to go back to my anecdote at the beginning of the night. Um I'm a little bit more on board with the uh, with Zinch now, but they're just, you know, so, you know, uh uh I guess gnomes in Dungeons and Dragons. I don't get the passion gnomes, for gnomes. Yeah, really? yeah, gnomes and halflings. I'm just, it's not there. Oh wow! I'm gonna have to. I'll have to have my brother talk to you about gnomes. He has not played anything except for maybe once. He's played a non-gnome. Yeah. In the last like yeah, I, decade. I, I was trying to think of something traditionally nerdy that I'm just like, yeah, I don't get it. Like, like huh. gnomes in World of Warcraft, same thing. Where like people are like, yeah, but it's a gnome. Like, I get if you're playing because it's OP, but the people who just like love gnomes. You know, and this, you know, nothing, nothing against them, but that's one of those things where like it hasn't clicked for me. Maybe one day, like someone will be passionate enough to tell me why gnomes are great. Well, we'll we'll roll up new gnomes in WoW, and we'll go hang out in the Deep Run tram for like an hour, <laughs> and we'll. Learn, I, I I'm we'll not learn. giving Blizzard any more of my money. They're, they're, they, I've been I've been not giving Blizzard my money since before it was cool to not give Blizzard my money. <laughs> The last game I paid for was Wrath of the Lich King for, for Blizzard. They didn't get a red cent for me in, in Hearthstone when I tried it out and promptly dropped it because I yeah. despised it. Uh, and they uh, they didn't get money for me for Vanilla because my buddy wanted me to play with him. And yeah, they. I guess I play Overwatch every now and then when they have the Halloween event because it's awesome. But, you know... Eh. No ethical consumption under uh, capitalism, right? Like, it's hard to draw a line and be, a, you know. The Good Place has this conversation way better than I ever will. So just go watch The Good Place. And then when you're done watching that, I'm going to go, see? That's what I'm talking about, about moral relativity and the difficulties and, and nuances of trying to be a good person despite an oppressive system all around you and not having all the information. <clears throat> don't eat Frito-Lay products right now. Why? What did Frito Lay oh. do? Oh no! <laughs> I can't even get into this. Oh no! You, 
Go Google it later. Oh. It is absolutely atrocious uh, how many hours they're making their employees work. Like, uh, it's it's uh, pretty terrible. I can only fight so many battles, you know, and, and, and this, I don't want to soapbox on people. This is where I like my boycotts, like, uh, apart from it coming up occasionally in, like, my random live streams, you know, about stuff, where I'm like, yeah, I don't play Blizzard games. One time in a tweet, a tweet, exchange, uh, a tweet, a tweet exchange with Domus, Bryce, and uh, Relian, where they were all playing Diablo 3, and I'm like, I, I don't really play Blizzard games anymore. Um, like, I have my weaknesses. I will play the hell out of Diablo 2, but it's already bought and paid for, and again, I didn't buy it. Someone got it for me as a gift. Ironically, the same person who got me Overwatch and the other Blizzard games I haven't bought for. He's an enabler. Um, but, uh... <laughs> Don't know anything about that. But, uh... Every passion also needs enablers, so, I mean... It's, it's true. It's true. Or, uh, like, I'm like, I won't play Cruel Boys, right? Like, I'm not gonna play Cruel Boys, but I'm gonna buy the Vulture. And, like... Like, if I happen upon, like, a box of, like, the... the if I go to, like, a, 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 like a Warhammer tournament... And I win a box of like battle line or something like that, and I already have the vulture, and I haven't kit bashed it yet. That enablement will like I will have self enabled at that point. Like I'm like ah nah, I'm happy with my armies as they are. Or am I? And the thing is, is like I mean that goes back to the whole like uh, I'm reading just kind of skimming chat gang here, like the whole like there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. The whole like you can boycott literally every company for something, right? Like, there's there's, there's virtually no true... There's a few, I guess, like, decent, like, mom-and-pop stuff that ain't done nobody wrong before, but there's just... Once they get to a certain size, it's virtually impossible for them to not have something questionable or horrible in their business practices. So I think it becomes there about, like, overt things and, like, the stuff that you can't overlook when, when you... when your attention's called to it. Like, I... It's complicated, and I don't judge any people for consuming those products or anything like that. Like, even though I had, like, a, I had a, I was talking off stream, I had, like, a crisis of conscience about retweeting Giannis buying 50 chicken nuggets. <laughs> like, I'm wearing my 50, my Bucks 50 season shirt because uh, Giannis hung 50 on the Suns, and they won their first title in 50 years, and Giannis Antetokounmpo ordered 50 chicken nuggets uh, from Chick-fil-A. I had a, like I it sat. Was, it there. wasn't chicken nuggets. It was chicken minis, chicken which minis. is which is insane. That <laughs> is a, more that's like... a ludicrous amount of miniature chicken sandwiches to order. But, like I get that he's seven feet tall and a professional basketball player and runs on a different engine, but that is so much biscuit. <laughs> how much? Roughly. How much does that cost? What is the? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. No, like... I'm I'm interested because I'm I want to do the the Giannis chicken mini challenge at some point. You want to just do that this weekend? Like we'll <laughs> like you and I'll drive over there. We'll we'll uh, we'll both order a set and not forty nine, not fifty one, fifty. <laughs> and I need uh, lemonade, half lemonade, half sprite. No ice. No ice. No ice. No ice. Oh my god! Get that out of here. When when he made that order, and for those of you aren't familiar uh my favorite sports ball team in the entire universe won their first championship in 50 years if you follow me on twitter it's impossible not to know this because i have not been <laughs> i have not been doing anything but like retweeting sports ball memes um yeah uh, it's been a long three days <laughs> the best the best uh, oh man i've i've had basically 
you know, barring like one funeral, uh, like I've had basically the best week, like full wall to wall week I've had in a very, very long time. You know, usually my, my window of, of goodness is like a couple days and then like my spirals, my loop starts all over again or just neutrality. Right. But like just rattling off a week of just, of just greatness from the Ren fair with my family to like spending one night with my daughter, just like snuggling in, in, uh, in, 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 on the couch watching, uh, uh, Henry danger is like her favorite thing in the world right now. Watching Henry danger, um, which is kind of like the kid, you know, how Archer is like a spy cartoon, but it's not really about being a spy. You know, yes. what I'm like it's, it's about like everything else. And like, sometimes there's spy backdrop. Henry Danger is like a kid's appropriate show that's about a superhero sidekick that's about literally anything but the superhero aspect of it. It's actually pretty solid. Like, I understand why she likes it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, from that to to, uh, to hearing that my bro totally assassinated uh, people that were headhunting him with giants and brings home a trophy, the first hardware of the season for Soul Blight Gravelords, like... Like, just, you know, just, just, and then, like, it was all sort of, like, capped with, with this, this Bucks, like, historic win. Like, it wasn't just, like, you know, it wasn't just, like, they won. It, the way they won was, if I wrote it as a story, it would be rejected by my editor for being too on the nose. Like, suddenly Giannis hits 17 of 19 free throws after it, at the beginning of the at the beginning of the whole playoff run, it becoming an entire thing where the whole league's throwing shade at him and counting him down for his free throws. Like, that's the kind of conflict you bracket in a story. Like the hero of our story can't make three free throws, and everyone gives him shit for it. But then when it matters, he makes all his free throws. Do you hear how dumb that would, like, how, like, on the nose and obvious that would be as a plot point in a story? Like, from the, like, Kill Bill, like, plotline of uh, PJ Tucker just one by one knocking off every one of his former starting lineup from the Rockets? <laughs> like, <laughs> like... All, all of whom asked out uh, or demanded a trade out in, like, insane and unreasonable ways. And he was the last man standing. No, Chris Paul did not ask for the trade. I don't know about that. He did not ask to be traded to the Thunder. <laughs> he, he didn't pick where he ended up going, but him and James Harden did not want to play together anymore. was definitely true. But my understanding is James Harden said, uh, you guys have to get rid of Chris Paul. And they went, okay, we'll get rid of Chris Paul. See, and that's where the first talk of Chris Paul going to uh, the Lakers came in, right? That was because they, like they thought they were going to uh, uh, ship CP3 to the Lakers uh, to be primed for LeBron to receive him. So is this <laughs> where we pull off the mask? I we think say, we can pull ha, off the mask. Ha, episode 100 is a basketball basketball show. Show <laughs> basketball <Listeners>. show. <laughs> We got a basketball. basketball show. Oh no, that's uh, Chris Tucker's. Uh, there's the music. Chris Tucker's yeah. song in in Space Jam on the first Space Jam OST. He's got a song called Basketball Jones with Barry White. Yeah. Basketball I... Jones, got a basketball Jones up, baby. Ooh. And then Barry's White's like, mm, basketball. Oh, get a Jones. <laughs> like it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> 
Fucking so good. That was my falsetto, everyone. You're welcome. It is a musical episode. Boom. Not a liar. <laughs> Just or that box. Welcome. Yeah. Pop was a bus for me. So, chat gang, you keep being the show within the show. I'll check back in with all this wonderful stuff. Feel free to ask questions if you want to hop in the uh, uh, hop in the uh, den of evil on Discord uh, for your, any of your questions. But now it is time to talk basketball. So, Giannis Antetokounmpo um, is Finals MVP, National Basketball Champion, like Superman. Yeah. Shaq said that he's better than uh, he ever was, which is yeah. not something Shaq is willing to say lightly. Ego. If you know anything about Shaq, Shaq has a huge ego and hates it when anybody tries to say that they are better than him or that Shaq wasn't terrible or didn't earn anything. And Shaq went on record and was like, no, Giannis is better than I ever was. Right. He, he the, is Superman. The thing yeah. about Shaq was when he would get down into the low post and set his feet, literally unstoppable but he could never move and crash into the lane and go around people in the way that we're seeing Giannis do like Giannis just like Tasmanian devils around and then just like and balls in the hoop like you can't stop it his well, body that, control is sickening well, they, it's like they they talk about like what you're supposed to do to guard him and it was uh the bo- it was the Boston coach right who who designed the wall and the whole league started using it using it yeah, I can't remember the Boston coach's name. He's a kid, like a paragon. He looks like a child. Brad Stevens. That's... He's no longer the coach. He's now the head of basketball operations and like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Fine. no, but it was Brad Stevens who like sort of engineered the wall in that playoff series a couple a few years back, and and Giannis has just never stopped seeing it since. But but even with the wall now that they've built, like he's just see walls don't work. Building walls is stupid because Giannis will just dunk over the wall or go around the wall. Walls are dumb. See, some of you didn't catch that subtle political The the only thing you can do for Giannis is you just have to make it as difficult as possible and hope that everybody else on the team stops playing the game. Stops playing basketball. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you just have to hope that you make Giannis work as hard as you can possibly make him work and then just hope the other team doesn't play well enough is the only way that you can beat the Bucs. And pretty much. And, And that's the thing is, like, you talked about, like, when you see someone that's the best at something, for me, that's like I, I always had a cursory interest in basketball because if you were a kid in the eighties and nineties and you saw Michael Jordan, you couldn't help like he, like Michael Jordan like the you couldn't help but not be interested in basketball from from Space Jam to the Gotta Be Like Mike ad campaigns. I've always played video games and tabletop gaming. So like, was it Matt? Uh, it was a. Uh, was it Larry versus Jordan or whatever was the uh, was the it was the was the NES game like it's, uh, NBA Jam was just I mean because NBA Jam is a very video gamey sports game like I miss video gamey sports games personally by the way they're all getting like hyper realistic now which is like you know fun and it's a different way but it's because they're all becoming RPGs now because yeah. they're they're like hyper realistic RPGs with roster management and numbers and shit I'm like. This isn't what I said. I just want to razzle dazzle people and hear the guy say "boom shakalaka." Like I want to heat it up. Yeah, I want to heat it up. I want to like foul people, just like throwing them across the court. Like, like I <laughs> NBA Hangtime, a lesser played N sixty four game, was like the p- pinnacle of NBA Jam because you got to also build your own player 
And the secret was, which is height cost you character build points. So you made your character super tiny, but you maxed out power, speed, and dunk. <laughs> so you're just, <laughs> like, you're just min-maxing. Uh, I made a character, actually, named Basketball Jones, whose head was a basketball. <laughs> and look at look at that look at that callback professional 100 episodes of rant cast fucking professional callback that's how good i so am. while we're talking about uh basketball and video games i'd just like to to toss one out uh devin booker won the uh nba UK challenge that they did under Bird. quarantine you're right oh that's right yeah i wonder if i could beat devin booker at 2k nba street I... was 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 pretty great and i actually loved it's nba street and then they 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 had a series of nba street where was that nba street 2 where you're like you'd, you'd be they had like a mini town in it and you'd like go around the town dribbling the basketball and like go shop and buy your jersey and stuff like that and then you'd like ball on people and you'd bounce the ball off their head and build up your like heat gauge so that you could do the sick dunk and shatter the glass that game was fucking awesome like <laughs> one of my favorite basketball video games was for the original the NES Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. You could it was what? like yes. you were on the court literally it was like fighting on the basketball court. Amazing. It was amazing after the what were they the nasty boys the Pistons back in the 80s like the Lambeer, boys. Or, yeah Lambeer was just the meanest dude like <laughs> Mutant League he, hockey, he had... Mutant League football, both great yeah, shots. Yeah, those were great. Yeah, I mean, I want that back. Like, as far as – but, like, again, like, if you're in the 90s, like, sports were weaponized. If, if you actually even hear uh, – he, he, what's that? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that they're not now, but, I mean, the, the marketing on them for, like, getting a kid to like it, in terms of, like, Michael Jordan – this isn't like my hot take. This is a consensus opinion from sports journalists that that an for an athlete to be a like brand was unheard of until Michael Jordan. Right. I mean, you know now you have your Air Jordans like you everyone knows this now. But for an athlete to to be that that hadn't happened prior to that time. So if you're a kid in that time period and like you're already having like toys weaponized against you, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and He-Man, they make a cartoon that's just a 30-minute commercial. Like they're doing that with the athletes. They had that. Uh, they had that. Like uh, the Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan uh, cartoon. Cartoon, yeah. You remember that? Oh, I can't remember the name yeah. of it, but yeah. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was like they. They had the cartoon where. Um, it was it was like a two two it was like the two cart a two part parter cartoon right, and uh, yeah like I mean you're just as a kid you just you you this onslaught and so so as a kid I got into basketball as much as like any other kid who's just like everything's weaponized but then I became an angsty teenager um, and the click stuff started to happen and uh, I was very firmly. I'd been a nerd growing up, but because I was the kid who always moved around, I was the uh, abused kid cliche from the broken home, so I had the edge to me. Um, I gravitated towards, like, the sort of punk, goth kid clique, and uh, it re trying to be cool, and even though, like, I look back on goths, I'm like, oh, they're so nerdy. Like, like you're, they're, you're, just, you're, just one, you're just one foam sword shy of a, of a Ren Faire nerd, like... <laughs> Ironically, I uh yes. <laughs> Look, capes are sweet. I can't help but that capes are sweet and black is the coolest color. All right? Like it's not my fault. Uh But yeah, like Pro Stars was the cartoon. Oh, so good. 
Yeah, Bo Jackson, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan. Um, well, because Jordan like, did what OJ Simpson tried to do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like OJ tried to with with Lethal Weapon or whatever it was, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it wasn't super uncommon for athletes to try to jump into like acting or something else. It's just it it hadn't happened. It hadn't happened like that. It helps not that to, not to close to that level, right? Like, I mean, what what anyone had done before Jordan was was unparalleled to how Jordan kind of right. became like a here entity. To like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's recording with, like music videos with the king of pop at the time, Michael Jackson, right? Like that music video where Michael Jackson's teaching him to dance, and he's teaching Michael Michael Jackson how to how to play ball, right? Like that, like just the. It was just unprecedented. And so, like, I, again, I got into, like, I was in North Carolina, uh, you know, for much of my youth, uh, which is, you know, where he played basketball. So, like, you can't help it. I'm still a Tar Heels fan to this day. I know. I know. Um, they're my they're my second team. You know, it's, I'm a homer, so I like all the my Wisconsin sports teams. But but they're, they're still my second. You know, they're my second favorite team. Uh, uh, I keep an eye on the Carolina Panthers because uh, they were an expansion team when I was a kid, and we were – literally homeless and the Carolina Panthers because they were the expansion team like they gave like a bunch of blankets and shit and like I had a star a Carolina Panthers starter jacket they just gave a bunch of shit to like the the homeless shelters and stuff so like I just had a bunch of like Carolina Panthers swag and my mom was actually like didn't want me to have it but I'm a kid and I just want a starter jacket I don't care what it I just know that everyone wears the starter jackets and right. because my mom was very firmly a Green Bay Packers fan she introduced me when we would go, like go to a new school and shit. She'd be like, hey, this is, you know, Andrew, we're cheeseheads. I had no idea what the fuck a cheesehead was. I'm like 10 or seven. I have no idea what. So then when I would go to like the next school, I'd be like, yeah, my name's Andrew. I'm a cheesehead from, from Winona, Minnesota. And they're just like, where's that? And I'm like, I don't know. Is that it? They're like, is that in Wyoming? I'm like, yeah, I'm from Wyoming, Minnesota. <laughs> Freaking no, man. Um, <laughs> like, um, and so, but anyway, like I, I angsty teenager and I started to distance myself from sports because you got to kind of got to choose. I chose to be cool, even though I wasn't. And uh, I hid all my nerdery about like, you know, my friends. I, I dated a girl for two years. She didn't know I, I, I owned a video game console in high school. She didn't know I owned a video game, uh, a video game console. And on the weekends when I wasn't hanging out with her, I was playing Vampire the Masquerade or Riffs. <laughs> like... Or war, talk war about hammer. a time in life, high school, like keeping gaming for me, for me at least. Like gaming was something I did on the weekends with my friends, right? Because mm -hmm. we were like we were kind of like cool cool kids, you know, or whatever. Like yeah, varsity sports, like yeah, whatever. And then you're sitting there in the cafeteria, and I distinctly remember me and two of my very dear friends sitting there, and we're hearing the 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 nerds, if you will, yep. next to us talk about their magic the gathering decks and we're we're like just kind of looking at each other like we know what they're talking about you gotta contain it yeah and, you know absolutely we can't like turn around and go oh that's really cool you know i i play this deck too or that deck no, too you and, can't. like it was just this super weird time you know yeah. like of and now it's like i don't care if a hundred thousand people know that i think magic the gathering is cool and i play D D and aos and like coming into adulthood you know figuring out yeah. like that i could be comfortable being all that in in talking about whatever my back to the passion thing yeah. like yeah not having to hide it from somebody else's expectations or or thoughts or not wanting to get picked on by like 
saying something. You well, know, it was just a, a weird well, time. Like, well, I, I was, I was again. I, I say abused kid cliche as a uh, as a shorthand for the fact that I, I got into a shit ton of fights, and so like I got a, I got a reputation. You know, I've got to like, you know, don't fuck with Andrew. If they find out, like, they don't, don't fuck with creature because that was one of the things they called me. Or don't fuck with uh, creature was like the big nickname they teased me with. Um, and, uh, cause he was a creature of darkness. <sighs> Fucking assholes. God, high school sucked. Um, like, yeah. so, so I just, you know, like, and so what do you do? You beat the shit out of someone. So they shut the fuck up. Like, you know, that, you know, that's what I was taught in my home environment. Like that. So I, I get into fights and, um, and so I had to be cool. I wasn't, and I, I had a very similar experience where I was walking through, this was Green Bay West, uh, high school three at that time. Um, uh, Green Bay West. Uh, one of the guys I literally played, like I played with. Uh, there was a uh, uh, our football center at the school, and just the nerd you would expect, stereotypical, like bespectacled, like uh, wears like the rolled up cuff shirt, uh, you know, tucked into his pants with a belt and khakis, like nerd. Um, we played vampire on the weekends together at school. We were strangers. Yeah. Like like total strangers. Yeah. Like you, you didn't talk. You, you like you might if like it, the other kind of cool people around. You might like do one of those, but like if the fight started happening, I know that I might be fighting. Like I might, like the the center dude Dave was his name. Like I might like not hit him, but we're still gonna be pushing each other and like protecting our crews and stuff like that. Like it was. You know, was, that's how it was. And then, like, on the weekend, you know, we'd try not to hold a grudge against each other. And I was usually GMing, so I didn't have to hold a grudge. <laughs> Punches were pulled then. <laughs> See, I just rejected all of that in high school and, and didn't care. Crazy. At all. It's sanity just to didn't me. didn't care at all. Well, so, yeah. So, I played, I played varsity sports, I remember. And I was in one of my uh, comm class or whatever. And there are these two guys who I ended up becoming good friends with. They were uh, uh, not doing any of the stuff that they were supposed to be doing in the, the library while we're supposed to be doing research for a project. And instead they were uh, looking up all their stuff for their uh, Star Wars RPG game that they were getting ready to play that weekend. And uh, it was like, wait. It better be D6 uh, Star about? Wars because that game what are you was guys dope. About? You guys talking about Star Wars? And then... Uh, that's how I ended up being getting invited to their uh, Star Wars RPG game for the the rest of uh, high school that they that we're all together. Good time, Brendan. But, you were you were sports too. You were an athlete. Did you was. like? Was your experience like you had to partition off nerdery, or did nerdery come later? Nah, absolutely not. I was in this really sweet spot where um, I was I was a varsity sport athlete like the rest of you. Um, See, we we would have the... we would have been fighting like because that was I I ended up in the other clique and I would have had to fight the sports guys because the jocks, uh, the jocks hated oh. the, the boots, like that was yeah, the whole, so... that was the whole thing is like we just didn't get along. There there would have been no fighting me. Um, the so I I was on the varsity gymnastics team for my sophomore year of high school. Um, you know, like I I was on the varsity soccer team as a freshman. Um, I was a goalkeeper at five foot eight, so figure that one out. Uh, it's about it's about the, it's about wanting to get at it though. Like goalkeeping is it's in the heart. <laughs> I played it like a middle linebacker. I, it was uh, kind of like Giannis taking out Mike Dunleavy Jr. on the sidelines. You just ran across and yeah, shoulder into him, just crumpled him. 
And and my father is also five foot eight, and he played. He was the backup goalkeeper at a Division One in college, because uh, he was the starting sweeper, and he played semi-professionally. So like, he taught me how to play the position at that height. And he's like, "Look, you got to scare the shit out of these guys. Like, he's like, they're gonna kill you if they get in close." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense from an angle's perspective." He goes, "So make them shoot from you know thirty feet out." He'll stop all of them. It's high school. <laughs> uh, and so have that. Um, but at the same time, you know, for, for those of you who somehow don't know, um, I ended up getting my engineering degree from Purdue University, um, which at the time was the number two undergraduate engineering program in the country. And I had scholarship money there. Um, so the the nerdery group was also my people because i was in class with them and and you know oh. we'd hang out and we'd do this so like i had i had one foot over here and one foot over here it's like look if you wanted to make fun of me because you know i'm hanging out with the nerds like okay well you gotta fight me yeah. and you're yeah. not gonna be able to do that and if you're gonna you know if you're gonna try and out muscle me man i'm smarter than you like yeah yeah, the... yeah. yeah no i it's it's crazy like i i just it I, I think often because I I have you know two kids, and the paradigm shift has happened, right? Like it nerd with the MCU especially like it's 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 like the kids you see in nerd shit where I hid my comic books like in my room were hidden because my girlfriend might come over, like or one of my friends like they were hidden in my fucking closet, like like I can't. I can't, like, I almost can't fathom, like, the, like, the paradigm shift. Like, are, are jocks bullied now? Or are they just, like, big fans of, like, you know, like, Superman and, and, like, the lame heroes? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people are just allowed to, for the most part, be who they are. I hope so. I don't so. know. It's been I a while hope, since I hope I've so. been a I, Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be rough. <laughs> it's gotta be rough in a different way, right? Like, everything you do is immortalized on the internet now. Like. Oh, couldn't imagine. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the uh, thing about like the fights I lost. There's not a YouTube you can go look at me getting my ass beat, just for eternity. Like, yeah, I took my licks and I got to like, you know, think about it and get through it and move on to the next. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. We're not right. gonna find you on World Star. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say real quick, I love there's this ongoing like EverQuest. Yeah, um, I saw the Shadow discussion. the Troll Shadow Knights blast, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I didn't want to cut cut anyone off. Go, I just go. I just love talk about passion. Like EQ was a game where it was probably my one of my first exposures into like an MMO, right? Mine too. And I remember my my dad played way more than my brother or I. My dad got totally absorbed into it to the point where he had like binders of all of the zone maps. And like, oh, would print out stuff and like, do, like, and my brother and I would just be like, "This is crazy. We can't get on the damn computer." His dad is farming a, a drop, and he's got to wait six hours for this this thing to pop up so he can try to get it. We want to play. Get off the damn computer, Dad. Yeah. Like, and that's that's what I remember of EverQuest is not not being able to play a, enough time. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Like, you see, I, I played EverQuest a, a little bit. Um, but like, I, I've always kind of been a solitary 
video gamer. I, I've talked about this on, on stream, like, several times, especially during my, like, you know, sort of video game streams. Like, I'm a very solitary video game streamer. For me, video games sit in the place where I'd go over to my friend Terry's house, and, like, he'd have, like, one controller for, uh, you know, he'd have a one-player game on the NES or something like that. Or I had one, literally one controller for my Sega Genesis, because um, we got it from a pawn shop. Or maybe it only came with one, I don't remember. But I, I know we got it from a pawn shop. And, like... Uh, like, for me, it was like we would trade the controller, you know, like, and, and i just sit there and my friend, you know, I'd be talking or I'd just, like, hang out and be reading, like, a Rift's, like, world book or something like that while he's he's playing, playing a video. Because, like, on the weekends was, like, I was a nerd again, right? Like, that's, um, you know, that, the escapism, trying to escape, like, the family and the violence and all that stuff. So I usually go over to a friend's house and, you know, for me, that's, it was always a solitary thing. So, like, I really, like, I liked EverQuest because it was, like, Dungeons and Dragons, but, like... Since I was more of a Rifts guy, all growing like it was TMNT was like my gateway drug, and that was owned by Palladium Books. And then you know once you're hooked on on Palladium Books is sort of like wackiness, you could just like dive into everything else. And you know when your friends like you want to play like a robot gunslinger, and I'm like hell yeah I do. <laughs> it's just um, but yeah, so video games always were the solitary thing, so they developed for me as a solitary thing. So the game that got me was Diablo particularly Diablo 2, I was obsessed with Battle.net. Like, that was my fucking game. And when my sophomore and junior year in high school, when I was, like, peak Diablo, right? Like, that was around the time we were passing out, like, CDR, burnt CDRs of fucking Deus Ex, um, Max Payne, uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, like, just, like, the glory days of, like, of stealing video games off the internet as a teenager and passing around to like the discs like contraband to all your friends uh it was diablo 2 man and uh i was a necromancer but my uh, uncle who i was living with at the time uh he had an auto body shop and so he actually had a uh, uh uh he actually had like a the early sort of high speed internet connection for like the credit card machine and shit and so we we ran a line to the house because the garage is over here the house is over here and uh, so I had, like, high-speed internet, so I'd play a Lagromancer, and I would go in and duel people, and just a million skeletons put an, a Curse of Iron Maiden on them, and they couldn't, like, click me, because they're, they would lag out, and they'd fucking kill themselves. And I just, oh, so good. Oh, man, I was, yeah, yeah, asshole death player from day one, man. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> fucking Lagromancer! Yeah, so good. <laughs> Man, I I love see I Diablo two is my weakness. Like it's it's just this, it's that it's my desert island game. I uh, you know I've got all kinds of opinions on Blizzard, but if I were on a desert, not that it's my favorite game, but if I were trapped in a desert island with the peripherals and the energy, blah blah blah, and I get one game, Diablo two. If hopefully you're kind enough to give me the LOD, the Lord of Destruction, uh, uh DLC with it or uh, expansion pack, gross. I sound like a millennial. Uh, calling it DLC. DLC, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, with, with the expansion. Shame on you. Yeah, so I can do some gems and, and uh, do some uh, piddle skin runs and shit, yo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, Archie 3? Oh, so good. Archie 3, I see, I played through the Archie 3 uh, plot line. The, uh, we did the, uh, you know, the mechanoids. Uh, my buddy Sam... Uh, it's on hiatus right now because everything in my life is. My buddy Sam's been running us through what we call like time skip riffs, 
and as adults who like we've homebrewed a bunch of the rules and we've like made this like funky you know our adult version of riffs i guess uh we've been playing through every major plot arc so like uh we did the archie three we're gonna go through juicers uh, juicer uprisings coalition war campaign like we're gonna go through all like the major plot outlines uh and then we're gonna do the uh riffs africa later on in the setting because they they revamped the book later on this so will do Rifts Africa later when the Four Horsemen do Apocalypse show up. <laughs> Fucking, oh, what a great game. I miss Rifts. I truly do. Froglock. Yeah. Shout out to Froglock Paladins. I want, I want Tristan to come hop in here and start asking us questions. I feel like Tim King Tristan is is primed and ready for the. Is he, uh, is he ready the for the call in? The call in. All right. Has he been? I mean, I would think he is. He no, I'm not. He's not there. I'm I'm trying to encourage him to come into the Discord. Yeah, come into the Discord. I think we need to bait more basketball talk. Um, so what's a what's a good basketball topic we can talk about here? Well, is uh, I mean, we could just start talking about Game Six. Well, like Giannis. No, no. Moments of game six. Do we want to? Do you want to go to game six? Because first, I got to talk about the the, the nasty I wanna, block. Like, I think we got to talk about the heat series first. I don't want to warm up to this. I just want to go hard into the paint. The, the, the Bucks just walked in and were like, "We hate you for what you did to us in the bubble. Yeah. Go home." Yeah, that's, that is what happened for the heat series. Here's, They're like, oh, "We oh, don't forgive for you." Goodbye. No, Justin no, popped in and then left. No, he. Uh, we're in the lock channel. He actually wanted to be in in Blood Bowl. It looked like. Um, no, the the Heat series. That's that was the narrative of the Heat series. Is they were like we the bubble wasn't real, and we'll show you how. And then they destroyed them. Um, but the Nets was the like, like like there is no no offense, uh, Travis. The the Nets series, I was way more stressed out about throughout the entirety of it than. Well, I mean, yeah, it was seven games. Well, it's it's not that. Oh. It's it's like there was this feeling that like the Nets game should have been the finals and I I have a take that's expanding on this with the Phoenix Suns. Uh but there's a reason that both the teams we went down, you know, oh two against were the stressful series. But like the Nets was like, okay, so we got like a wounded Nets team, right? But like Kyrie went out in the series and Harden was gimped but Harden's a pansy anyway, so I didn't expect him to really, like, win anyway. Like, he's just taking points off of KD, having historic games, right? It's a part of basketball. Like, that's just, it's, I don't want to hear the whole, like, oh, well, they were only injured, so, like, it doesn't count or, like, whatever. You, like, you know get what, out of here. You know like, what happened when Giannis's knee bent 45 degrees the long way? Or the wrong way? Yeah, he transferred it to sorry. <laughs> He said, he said, I will not be injured. Harden should have just done what Giannis did and not get injured and decided to not be injured like like a real sports athlete. <laughs> See, and that's the that's the thing Trist with the James Tristan's Harden criticism. Now, by the way, while we're talking to injuries, Tristan's ready to come in and, oh, and just start. Is he? Is he? Oh, yeah. All right. Sports Talk, Grant Cast, episode 100. <laughs> Welcome, Tristan. caller. You're uh, you're live on on AOS Rantcast, episode 100, the musical, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> well, 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 well. It's been a while. It has been. Since I said I'm sorry. Nice. 
that's all we need. <laughs> we got music. Yeah, music we got company. Yeah, 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 we got music. That's nice. That 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 Prince Edward Island internet. Woo. <laughs> You're just gonna sing to us. You're gonna serenade us. No, it's currently eleven thirty at night. Eleven thirty, and I'm standing on my back porch. How's the weather? I know this is a really lame question, but I'm genuinely curious. With Canada being on fire, what it's like where you? I'm sorry. What's that? Well, actually, I'm in. Whoa, that's a fun. I'm sorry, I just got distracted by some sexy slugs. There you um, go. It's actually been a really rough summer in a different way. It's super cold here. Like, we're the one spot in Canada where it's just been, like, raining and wet and gross. But that's not really the point. The point is, the Bucks are the world champs this year. What's up? Oh, so good! Right. Fuck the buck. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Just... It does make the uh, Chris Paul State Farm commercial with the deer in his garage so much better now. <laughs> they were played like right after. I think it was right after like the game. Right after the game ended, or right after the commercial, like after the clock expired, and they you know they're going to come back. The CP3 turned into cardboard was the first commercial that played. And I'm like, the universe has a sense of, like, just a sense of humor. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, Freaking perfect. Oh, it was so good. so good. It was so good. Yeah. What was your favorite part of game six? All right. So. Or the, or the series, if you want to do a favorite part of the series. Whenever. I'm just going to go with game six because um, that's what's still locked in my head. All my right. favorite part was actually the defense on the Spain pick and roll that Milwaukee did. But really, that's just me being uber well, basketball nerd here. What's what's um, the Spain pick and but, roll? Out of, like for people who are. Okay, I mean, so Spain pick and roll for the not so initiated is a stacked pick and roll that was made famous by the Spain national team. And let's see, what do we got here? He's going to use, like, the slugs. <laughs> so we have a guy with a ball. Then we have a guy setting a screen. And then we have a mint plant here setting the screen. And so let's just imagine. I don't want to touch the sexy slugs. No, no. They're they're having a time. Yeah, yeah. Let's just imagine. Oh, man. Come on, camera. Don't fail me now. Uh, this ottoman. This autumn is now um, guarding the ball. Okay. So this guy sets a screen here so that the guy with the ball can go this way. This other guy sets a screen on the guy that's guarding the water jug. Uh-huh. It's kind of hard to see. No, no. This is a great visual representation. No, this is, this is perfect. It's and amazing. Then, and then that second, so this guy then has either a clear lane to the basket, depending on how this guy defends, or there's a wide open three, or there's a wide open dump pass to the mint plant. Right. <laughs> the dump pass to the mint plant might be my favorite part. It's like it's the hardest action in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the Bucks. Actually... 
and the Bucks were see a lot of sweet ass dunks to DeAndre Ayton. Right, right. And the Bucks were able to defend. I mean, they were talking all series about essentially. They were calling yeah, like the, the, the like historically great at it. The the double screen, quote unquote, the double screen, and and always having to deal with the double screen, right? Yeah. Which is the the Spain screen. Back that, and roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So that was, was like my favorite part was just watching that every like three or four possessions because that's one of the Suns' favorite actions to run, mm-hmm. um, and they're amazing at it. So it was just seeing the difference between like the start of game two, midpoint of game two, the start of game three, and just how it continued. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part of about game six was whenever the very large jar-headed man absolutely took over the game. Whenever uh, Lopez, Lopez. The Bucks, just oh, that Lopez dog, that the two t- <laughs> huge cut in, they just smash mountain. <laughs> that... Smash Mountain, man. Smash. And he had kind of a runner, too, like a, a so good. series like, or two before that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I think there was about a 45-second point, whatever. He <laughs> scored six straight for the Bucks. Yeah. And I was, like, out of my chair being like, yeah. Well, that was that was the momentum <laughs> shift right there. It was it was, um, it was was right there in the... Speaking of Wars. Yeah, that... Yeah, that was that was the momentum shift. It was the Drew the Drew Holiday three, uh, the Giannis Wall the the buzzer beater three, and uh, and then and then the Chris Middleton like just cash going full cash money on the mid range where he had that full like perfectly contested shot and he just drains it. It was kind of those those three moments where where like I'm like the that was when my mind was like the Bucks the Bucks could will win this, um, and I got a yeah I got a I got a text from my friend Keegan when uh, Smash Mountain went off. He's like, he's like the Bucks will win. Like that's that was his moment. Was like when when Smash Mountain went off. So, you still there? Either he's doing a really great like uh, Greek statue impression, or <laughs> sorry. Well, are yes, we, that's that's are a good question. Adding, are we adding Giannis to the Parthenon? I hope so. Like, so is he... I mean, you have to. <laughs> So what's the, what is the statue that gets built out in front of the stadium for for Giannis when it's all said and done? Mean if, mug. If, the mean mug. It's the Super Saiyan mean mug. Oh yeah, it's like the... Super Saiyan Instinct mean mug. Yeah, where he's like yeah. he's he's unlocked the final form of his mean mug, the serene mug. <laughs> I mean, or or it becomes a digital installation with him Euro stepping like well, through the lane, and, like, like spinning like, around. Brooke, and... Brooke Lopez Euro stepped. Like with that seven foot, kind of like traditional seven foot body control dude, Euro stepped. I was out of my like I lost my mind. I'm like, what the fuck is it? like I just lost it. I just insane, insane. <laughs> Sorry. Beautiful. So that well, that was my answer for what my favorite portion was of Game Six. Did you guys already do that run? We haven't done it yet uh, ourselves. Do you have a question for us? Around the horn about oh. the favorite points of the game. Um, no, I just want to hear that. You want to hear that? I'm just gonna hang up and listen, though. Okay, all right, hang up that. and listen. I'm gonna hang up. And... Thanks for thanks for calling in, Tristan. Uh, all right, love you. One of the OGs of chat gang. Love you, man. Um, my, I'm gonna let other people go first. I want to. I don't want to take the good ones. Let's go with Brendan. Um, I've heard from Brendan a little while. Yeah. So in terms of a singular play. I would say it was in the first quarter, the middle, the Middleton pick six, where 
it was a, I believe it was a pass from Booker to Chris Paul where Middleton makes this perfect like cornerback, like read on the pass steps right in front of it from like, I'd say probably a good 10 feet away. He starts making the motion and he just gets his hand out in front of it and goes and puts down a dunk because Middleton never dunks. Like it's, <laughs> it's not that he's like DJ Augustine where he can't. It's just his his mm-hmm. play is nowhere near the rim. And if he's dunking, something in our offense usually has gone pretty wrong. Um, so seeing that is kind of one of the tone setter uh, items. But in terms of like one of the like the the larger item, right, where everyone like where we're talking about where you know that like yeah. this is going to be over, was. I can't remember at what point in the third quarter, because Giannis had already like decided I'm just gonna do this. Yeah, he's at 20 uh, points in the third. Like he's just he's just decided to put up 20 points in the third, and and just like oh okay. Yeah, he had like two defensive series where it was like block block dunk dunk, and you just went. There is nothing anyone can do about that. Like. <laughs> Because, like, he's not um, he's not one of these guys that goes out there and gets a, a zillion blocks every night. Like, you just, and like, started, a, one or two decisive ones, right? Like, yeah, what, like one point something a game kind of a thing. And he started early where it was just going to be a block party. And then he just decided that, oh, this defensive move works tonight. So we're just going to keep doing that. Uh, well, he goaltending got, be damned. Yeah, no, he was good. Like he got the goaltend off the one, but it's kind of like yeah, there but, were like two or three goaltends. It was crazy. Yeah, like it, he was just getting up there. But I, like I, the thing is, like I kind of don't mind because you get you okay. No. So you, they, if they were going to score cool, then they do. But like he would just got in that mindset where he's like, I'm going to deny points, and in the mm-hmm. long run, it's kind of like with with uh, one of my great criticisms of the Bucks is like when the whistle is going against them, they don't like you got to play more intense if you're going to get the whistle anyway make it count, right? Like, and I, like, I don't like that they, like, they start to, like, back off. And, and that was, like, in game, oh, man, that was, like, game one of, uh of like, the Brooklyn series. Like, they had zero fouls. And, like, they were down a bunch. And I'm like, why? Just start hitting people. Make them count. Thanasis, the nasty sitting over there with six fouls to give. Get him in there. <laughs> like, and not, like, to say play, like, not to ankle twist, but just, just stop letting them walk all over you. You know, yeah, like, we're not Goran Dragic over here. Like, let's, you know. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But, like, make, you know, if they're going to call you for making the foul count, like, hold your ground. Stand, you know, like, body up. Like, it, it you know, that's what I like about Tuck. Like, he just does that. So, um, so, uh, so, checking, we've actually got, like, three massive Bucks homers here uh, right now. And then we have one, like, literal lifelong Suns fan. Like I've seen the picture, the Babby picture of you in a son's, uh, a son's garb. Um, so asking you your favorite moment in the, in the six, I'm going to let you either, you can either go like heel announcer if you want, right? Like the, like, if you want to go like, like heel announcer in the WWE, if you want a, a favorite son's moment, which would be nice to have another, more perspective, passion from someone else's angle. Um, or if you have like a favorite, you know, bucks moment or whatever, yeah, I'll allow you to, even if you need them. So, so my f- first favorite moment is actually after the game uh, when Monty Williams went over to the Bucks locker room and congratulated him um, because Monty is just, I mean, great Most sport, players. excellent coach. Like, Amazing. I'm so happy that he is in Phoenix coaching all of them. And I think that that was probably my 
favorite moment from the game. Like, obviously, I didn't want the, the Bucks to win. Obviously. But I did want this series, game one of this year, as I wanted Bucks and the Suns. Yes. I didn't want the Nets. I didn't want the Lakers. I didn't want the Clippers. Yeah. So if there's anybody the Suns had to lose to, I would pick that. Yeah. I would have picked this. So, but, yeah. so my favorite moment from the game was Monty Williams going over and congratulating the, uh, Bucks. I've never seen that before. Like, I've never seen a coach go over in the middle of the other team's press conference and congratulate them in the NBA Finals. Um, so, yeah. if that's happened before, kudos to whoever's done that before. But uh, I really like that. Um, I mean, my favorite Suns moment would have probably been, I think, Devin Booker in the second off of Drew uh, getting a, a clutch uh, after really fighting for it. It's just uh, they uh, locked him down the rest of the game. I guess you can't have three 40-point games in a row and lose all of them. So Yeah. yeah. But uh, as for Buck's moment, I mean, definitely the, the mean mug from Giannis Dunk. It was just like, saw that. It was like, well, what are you going to do? Like, the, the, as I said before, like, the Suns, I think, had to make it as difficult for Giannis as they could. And I think they did it a good job at making Giannis work for it. And then you just had to hope that the the rest of the team would be a little off. Yeah. And I mean, Saric would have been great to have. I think that's the, you know, the one thing that the Suns need for next year is, uh, you know, they need another, another center. So they, Aiton's not going to be there all the time, but I think Aiton's going to get better. Like he's only getting better. He'll, he'll be at 20 and 12. He's going to be really good. He's going to be really good. He'll be 20 and 12 next year. Like, I do think that by the end of his career, he could be like a 30 and 20 guy. Like Devin Booker said, like, I mean, he got so much better from last year to this year. Mm -hmm. And I hope to see that moving forward. This was Devin Booker's rookie year too, wasn't it? No, it's not Devin Booker's rookie year. Uh, this no. is he was he was drafted 2015. Oh, it was his, it was his first playoff appearance. That's what it was. Yeah. So it was the only person who had been to the finals was Crowder, and uh, the of the Suns starting lineup, it was just CP3 and Crowder that had playoff experience. It was yeah. Booker's first playoffs, Bridges' first playoff, Cameron Payne, who came out of G League, uh, out of I mean he was playing in China last June, uh, G League basketball. Uh, and so, I mean, Cameron Johnson, uh, at a, uh, he's UNC, uh, is his rookie year too. I think he's going to be great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Uh, I think he's actually, I think he's the best three point shooter the Suns have right now. Hmm. Uh, at least stats wise, he's most consistent, but yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, so touch on a couple things you said, um, uh, with, with Monty Williams, uh, I, so I had like this moment where like the bucks won and like, like I just kind of like crumpled, like I melted like after like losing my voice, screaming and clapping and cheering in my house alone. Uh, Cause my kids were in bed. Like I let them watch the first half, like a responsible adult parent. I allowed them the first half. Notice how I'm not spinning that to be like, Oh, I told them to go. To-. No, I, I let them stay up for the first half. Um, like it was after nine o'clock when they went to bed. I'm a terrible, that was a terrible parent. Um, no. So, you know, so my kids and then Molly's has this like, there's a house two, uh, two, two houses down that her biological dad is helping renovate, and so she 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 had to go paint that because like they have a the move in date is set for these these folks to move into this place, and uh, 
So she was doing that and like watching on her phone and I'm just in the house alone, which I don't mind. Whatever. I'm a solitary individual anyway. So, but it, like, yeah, I'm just like clapping. There were moments like throughout the, like the sort of like end of the thing where I was like tearing up and I kind of hate that sports will do that, that I mean, not all sports, like, you know, if the, if the Packers win another Super Bowl, I won't, it, it's not going to be the same like reaction. You know, I'll be like, yay, yeah, woo, and I'll go shit talk a bunch of, like, Bears fans or something. No, I'm lying. I'll be shit talking Minnesota Vikings fans because they're the worst. Shots fired. Suck at Minnesota. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, no. Scorched earth. <laughs> just, like, they have all that, like, animosity of a team that's never won a, like, a, a, like a Super Bowl. Like, that, you know, it just, it starts to, like, you either become, like, you either become, like, a meme, like, we're, like, I don't know that Buffalo's never Buffalo's won a Super Bowl, right? Um, no, no, oh, God. They've yeah, okay, good. Most. Yeah, They've lost them all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so like, you either you either no. become Buffalo and you go crazy and it's hilarious, like you you drop elbows through like burning tables and shit, like, or you become Minnesota fans where it's just like maximum salt and anger, where they're actually cheering for people to get injured on your team. And like, I'm not that kind of kind of sports fan. I talk a lot of hilarious smack. You know, provided, like, I know the person well enough. Because, like, talking smack to strangers isn't as much fun. Um, weird. I feel like I have that backwards. <laughs> like, um, but... Uh, Dangerous game to play, talking smack to strangers. And... <laughs> right. Right. Um, but, yeah, uh, uh, like, I had this moment where, like, I like I had, like, a couple moments that, like, I started to te- well up with tears. And, and Mo- uh, Monty Williams' presser, like, you could tell he had, he had like, cried. You know, like you, you could tell he, yeah. and he wanted it so bad. And I was just like, like any other team, man, like if the Nets had beaten us, I'd have been the biggest Suns fan for those finals, you know, like in the world, like the story on both sides of, of this series was historic up and down with CP three going after the, like after his first chip, like being by all measure, like a good, like a good dude. To, to have on a team, right? Like, you know, he's you, that the union president for the players. Fuck yeah! Like, just by all measures, like kind of a good dude. Doesn't have a bunch of controversy surrounding. You know, like just plays basketball good. You know, um, injuries injuries have kind of like marred him. He was finally healthy, like throughout a playoff series. Like, it, it's just you know, you know, as healthy as you are playing a physical game the whole time, right? Like, um, he. It was just like you know you you've got Devin Booker vying for his first and you know and 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 Monty Williams like sort of personal life story and it, which kind of mirror, mirrors like Greg Popovich's you know where you're just like you just want good stuff for the guy he's been through enough and it's just like again it's a great story and then on the other the other side of it you have like the Bucks two of the smallest market teams in the NBA Milwaukee's metro area is about a million uh, city itself clocks in at about a little over half a million, like 50, you know, what is it, like 520? 650. 600, yeah. yeah. It was 600, yeah. So, so yeah, 600. Um, but with the metric, with West Dallas, Dirty Stallis, Tosa, all that stuff, it's it's about a million. Phoenix itself is 1.5. Like, two of the smallest market teams in the entire NBA. You know, I needed forever, like, I'm going to take this a little bit outside of basketball. Like, the metaphor uh, that was at work here. You know, the the need for the underdog, for the small market to win, to prove that it's not just about trying to go after the biggest ad sponsors and kind of like nudging the refs to make sure that they know who the fucking stars are on the court and, you know, all that shit, right? Like, all that conspiracy theory stuff that's in the back of our heads whenever we see, like, 
crappy calls go against our team. Like needing to to think like we can't attract players the way an LA can because you, they want to live that LA lifestyle here. Like, who are you attracted to Milwaukee apart from exactly Giannis Antetokounmpo? <laughs> like who the fuck? Like what? You know, like who's like I want to I want to go play my NBA career my entire career in 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 Milwaukee, man, not even the goat himself, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stayed like, and I don't even resent him for it. You know, the big O like, you know, no, like in sports now it's super transient. And I like, I just, you know, to have these small market underdog teams, it wasn't just thumbing its nose at the NBA. To me, it was thumbing its nose at the entire system. Like the, the world that like it, like I, like, I don't want this to be propaganda or rhetoric that says, like, yeah, you know, live your dreams and you can make it happen, blah, blah, blah. Because, like, we know the reality is you got to get lucky along the way. you got to have help along the way, too. Which, in Giannis's long-form pressers, he brings up all that stuff, but they always clip right. it down to, like, the whole, I worked hard and I had a dream, and so it fits the American dream narrative. But in the, if you listen to his whole presser, which I did several times, he talks about the people who helped him along the way, getting lucky, blah, blah, blah. Like... You know the, the the broad narrative of this for me was just fucking life affirming. You know this is a team that like, you know, and it was on both sides too. Like if it was if it was against again against the Nets, I had no remorse cheering against them. And you know, uh, fuck, uh, uh, Rocco's a Nets fan, and he was in like our chat sometime when I'm teeing off and making fun of the Nets. He's like, I'll excuse myself. <laughs> like, like I'm like, sorry, Rocco, man. Any other any other day, buddy. But like you like that like. That rooting interest you get. This is one of the things I think that makes sports great. It's because you know that your rooting interest ultimately doesn't really matter. I mean, I didn't stop me from being superstitious. I had to wear my Giannis uh, sh- uh, shirt that was gifted to me from uh, from Tomb King Tristan, actually, because the Bucks were undefeated in it this series. So I had to wear it for Game 6. There was some extremely superstitious behavior that I was aware of. <laughs> like, it was just... Uh, like, I believe you said, I know what combinations of socks don't work. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, my no mercy, uh, Cobra Kai socks are the one where Giannis uh, landed on his knee and I took him off immediately and threw him down the, and threw him down the laundry (laughs) chute. And then I went and I grabbed my, uh, my second best pair of socks and put them on. So we lost the game, but Giannis wasn't crippled or did we lose? It worked. So... It was the socks. And uh, I saved the Popsicle socks, which are my most powerful socks for Game 6. Because, like, I don't want to use up all their power in other parts of the series. Reasonable. I... <laughs> Barefoot for Game 6. No, I... I paced around my living room like a <laughs> caged animal for the whole second half. Yeah. Like, I was sitting on the edge of my couch. And then for all of the second half, I was pacing. I would... Multiple group texts trying to like talk myself off of the sports fan like edge of do i stop watching will it help if i don't watch like i can't watch I i'm so not. terrified of what's happening in in so like so there were there were games where like uh brendan had games where like they won the games that he didn't watch early on in the in, in it and i yeah, and he, he put that yeah. in my head and so i was like oh no like <laughs> and then i started to become hyper aware of like uh, so I'm like, okay, the games that like I missed the tip off for, we win. So I had missed the tip off for this one on purpose, on game six. I like, I missed the tip off. Um, like it's just, I'm. If you ask me on a lie detector test if I'm superstitious, I will tell you no, and it will not be a lie. But when sports roll around, I just, it's, I'm like, I will tell you bold face that I am not superstitious. And then I like, 
explain but all I, my superstitions. I think there's something to be said for for like being being a fan of sports or watching, you know, especially one who watches sports. Like, talk about something that you have so little control over the outcome, right? Absolutely like, none. Like zero. Yeah, not a not a iota of what you do can actually like physically psychologically affect the play on the field on the court whatever yeah but unless like... you were at the game and you are one of these assholes who like fucks with the players like then yeah then you have no like you have right. no outcome from your living you have no ability to affect the outcome from your living room. Right. but Zero. yet yet in some ways we think we do right yeah. i wore the wrong socks i sat in a different spot i went here for the game i wore the same shirt like we're looking for these things and i say we because i i think we all at least the four of us here have some aspect of like superstitious like sports viewing where we well, are worried that if we upset the apple cart it's game over and it's our fault when we have actually yeah. no way possible to to impact that result I think I think what it is is you want to feel like you're connected to it, right? Like you want to feel like you're a part of it, right? Because you you care about it so much for whatever reason that yeah. and because that care is so high that you want to feel that you're a part of it. And when you start feeling that you're a part of it, I think it's you know human nature that you start feeling like you actually have an impact or your own your own hubris or whatever that you're somehow actually involved in that even even when you know you're not you're like there's no way that they knew what socks I was wearing or you know whether I sat in this chair or that chair if I watched it at this bar or that bar or who I had with or whatever but but you want to feel like you're a part of it in some way don't dis and the so popsicle socks like the popsicle one way so the popsicle so every... socks are why it's bucks and six right now okay. It was the popsicle socks. Uh, well, like, so my most powerful the socks. <laughs> the last four games of that series, I, I'm pretty sure Drew Holiday started like pretty poorly in each of the first quarters, right? He came around in, in game five and had just an <laughs> astronomically good game. But he was starting poorly in each one. So like one thing we did in a group text, I mean, with a few guys, it was uh, we were picking on our buddy Josh, uh, saying, Josh, let, let good Drew go. Evil Drews, like he's on the court. We need we need the good one back, saying like he was had a twin and like so every night when Holiday would start off rough, it was release the good Drew, like let him let him go, Josh. Don't keep him in your basement any longer. And we just kept that going and like the same messages, the same stuff like we all just fell into this, like we gotta cr keep creating this this moment so that our team can can win. Well, if I may, uh, just addressing chat gang here, I mean, sports is a religion, kind of. I mean, for, for many intents and purposes, I think it's, you know, football, especially the par the, the parallels between sports and religion are insanity. It's on Sunday for crying out. Like, there's the day of worship for football. For, you know, like, yeah, they've expanded to Monday and Thursday, but, like, you know, like, football is really, you know. They'll have most of the churches now. They offer a Thursday night. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> Yeah. Saturday. And yeah. It's like, no, I, I think yeah, you, you why, gotta be aware why, of this why stuff. Can't football. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't football? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Ty, what was your favorite, uh, game six moment? So non, non athletic performance. It was Bobby Portis getting in the way of Chris Paul and then just <laughs> smiling, having the time of his oh goddamn God. life. Like after that, just 
That is to me that so so Portis has done a lot of great things for this team. Um, well, as like, as 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 Tomb King Clint Tristan Buck pointed is, in like, here as, as part of like the narrative of the team. I don't mean to cut you off here, but no, no, no. Um, Bobby Portis like skipped out on the bubble, you know, to be with his yeah, mother, right? Like th- there were so many good narratives in this one. Like I said, it, it was almost like it felt like it was overloaded with narratives. The way like an amateur writer would overload a story with narratives. You know, the injury. And then the main character comes back from a devastating injury. What? Yeah. You know, like, what? <laughs> come on. Quit with the fucking, like, MC powers here. Quit with the Mary Sue garbage writing. You know, like, sorry, continue, Ty. Yeah. But no, no, so, like, Bobby, I, I, man, talk about he was embraced by the fans, too. I mean, like, what he became as the symbol of, like, the the Milwaukee The blue collar. The blue, yeah. the, it was the blue collar. Yep. Like that small market blue collar underdog mentality, yeah. And and he said, you know, he came here like his, you know, his old team. He's like, I had plays drawn up for me here. I don't have plays drawn up for me. I used to get sixteen shots a game. I'm getting seven or eight. Like making the most of the time he got is what was so cool about what Portis did this this year. But seeing him on the court, just like the energy that every time he comes into the game, he would inject too. It was almost like. Budenholzer knew when they needed just a little bit of Portis like energy and you'd see him in there and he'd hit a clutch like three or just get in the paint and bang around like he did a lot that was that was just incredible um but the the Chris Paul getting between him and Scott uh was it Scott Forrester or Foster the, yeah, the Foster, yeah. um that I thought was, that was like I thought yeah yeah I <laughs> I thought the T would come there like it I could've, like it could have come it definitely could have come, um, but then he got it with his high step and run down the court, which was he also was fantastic. Being a responsible athlete and stretching <laughs> his legs, I don't know why um, you would tee him up for just doing the responsible thing. <laughs> like, fucking like can can off. Oh, like I mean, and Budenholzer was losing it. Like he was. You, yeah. They cut the Budenholzer, and Bud is just seething on the sideline. And me, the fan, is like Bobby, Bobby. And like I'm like, yes, take that. You take that tea. That's yes. Take, like you got what you like. For me, it was like he got a free tea for later yeah. on in the game when he didn't get teed up for yeah. like. Yeah, he, he had one to throw away. Yeah, he had Absolutely. one to th- one to throw away, and then and then CP3 misses the. Misses the shot, and I'm just I shouted at my screen immediately. Ball don't lie. <laughs> ball don't lie. Absolutely. But the basketball moment and the the final score was separation of what eight points, roughly seven or eight points. It was one hundred five to like ninety eight or right something like that. Yeah, yeah. But so so I, I do a lot of looking at like the box score and differentials and like shooting percentage, you know, free throws stuff. Like I'm I'm a it's the baseball it's the baseball mind yeah it's yeah the, the baseball yeah. Uh, fan yeah that's you know like what could have we done different and you know the losses is well we hit our free throws you know and so like this this is weird and we talked about Giannis's superpower you know he just decided I want to hit free throws yeah but when he was sitting at I think it was eight of nine his first nine he'd hit eight eight of them. I thought, and I, the thought crossed my head, and I wish I had like recorded a video where I said, if if he shoots like 15, 16 free throws tonight, and he only misses, you know, a couple, we're winning the game. Like I, I, I made that conscious decision. You made that decision. That, you made that decision. Huh? Yeah, I controlled the, <laughs> the outcome. I didn't say Giannis is going to make all of these. I said if he does, like the Bucks will win. If if he if he doesn't shoot poorly from the line, we're I've never. Win this game. In my history and, of watching basketball, we mentioned my origins with like being like the like Mike era. 
and kind of circling back to liking sports as a, a you know as an adult or in the secret um like i have never in that entire time been interested in free throw shooting i don't care even like even like oh yeah shaq's like shanking feet i don't care yeah like i literally he's not there to make free throws i don't like like for me the value in someone like a shaq who doesn't shoot good free throws is to like get someone to just foul out that's as good as in my mind like but and to watch me yeah go ahead for me, for me, it was knowing Phoenix is is more of a jump shooting team. Doesn't get to the line a lot. I think during the season they averaged sixteen or seventeen free throws. In in my head, I said if the Bucks get to the line twenty five times and they can shoot eighty percent, like that's that's points towards the spread to like stay on top of the Suns. It's always winning twelve minutes at a time. What do you got to do to to end up in the you know the basketball is such a game of plus minus and like yes. swings. Yep. That free throws yep. to me were like what I said. This this mitigates the swinging percentage. This if you get to the line that many times and you hit your free throws, eighty percent clip or better, you, you will win most of the games that you you play. And the Bucks hadn't been a good free throw shooting team up up to that that point. Uh, uh, checking. Uh, remember that part where I said that sports fans are fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Right there. Yeah, the, the free throw is exactly what I was afraid of as a Suns fan. Like, well, what was because... your perspective? Yeah, as 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 Giannis is is like I mean, that was my was god hitting of. him. Like he was like he started off like was coming off of the net series where he was doing terrible, and he started off like not really that great at free throws, and then it just like kept getting better and better, and I was just like, oh no, mm-hmm. just <laughs> oh no, because I mean, Aiton's not to the point where. He's able where people are purposely fouling him to make him not score. Even though I think up until the, I think until game three or four, he was shooting like eighty percent. Yeah, like Aiton was making everything that the Suns gave him the ball. Um, I wish they would have been able to give him the ball more, but it is what it is. But so he's not. He wasn't where he was at for um to be where people are just fouling him so that he doesn't make points. And then, you know, and then he's, you know, strong enough to then, well, they're going to foul me, so then I just make the points through the foul, like like Giannis. And once Giannis started making free throws, it was just, well, now he's going to get, he's going to go from, well, I'm going to get 30 no matter what, then I'm going to get 40 no matter what. And then it ended up being, okay, so he got, like, all his free throws, and he ended up from, the 40 to the 50 line and you're like well what do you do like <laughs> um yeah no i mean that was i mean the i i sitting there watching him just hit them and they were smooth like it was like middleton was shooting the free throws yeah he had one where it like rolled it kind of rolled he had one that were had like a lucky bounce and he had one where it like kind of rolled in yeah all the way around yeah it yeah felt like forever oh man i think but, it was his first one but, where just in there you just went Oh yeah. no! This is going to decide okay. everything. Well, I I think he's overthinking his free throw shot is really what yeah. it comes down to. Well, it, one thing I noticed, I'm sure you all did too, is he started not taking as long. Like he started just shooting. He would do. He does his you know fake shot Six without ounces. it. But then yeah. he would just shoot the started just shooting faster rather than well I have to take all six bounces as much time as I, I can and then shoot I don't know the if you ball. guys watched the shoot around before the game when the cameras were on him he was money from the free throw line in pregame like just he did he took <laughs> it, he was out there it looked like he maybe took 10 
and it was just make 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 as they're doing the thing you see him in the background just shooting oh man he just and i was... bet you it's all he practiced I mean, he didn't do all he needed drills. to practice he's got everything else i don't care if he doesn't shoot threes man like everyone's like oh if he develops a jumper i'm like no no, no, run at them every no. time and be Chris, able to sink your. Th- he needs to stop shooting threes every time he's behind the three point line. Even when they were playing against the Suns, there's like, don't you dare, Giannis. Probably the drive to the basket. Just yeah. do not well, like, shoot as, that three. As a casual basketball make, fan, I don't want him to make them. I want him to miss because when he makes one, I'm like, oh. Crap! He's gonna try. He's more. gonna shoot another one. Yeah, because he thinks he can, like. Well, I, that's the thing is like I don't want I don't like if I'm a casual fan I put myself in the casual mentality. We have this physical, just truly freak specimen of a of a human being that is quite frankly the most electric like person in the paint I've ever seen. And and that's my bias, sure. But like I was living in Milwaukee when he's drafted. I you know just had my my kid like we met bango and like i'm just like this kid's gonna be great you know this kid at the time Giannis, right like but also my son is gonna be great too um and just like you know so i have a vested interest and as he was developing into something i had to like ask my like smarter basketball friends who don't have as strong a bias because i indulge my biases when it comes to sports and a little bit in warhammer too like i i don't see anything wrong with being a little bit of a homer it's we throw it around like it's a negative thing no, nah, man, be passionate about the thing. It's fun to be passionate. Yeah. Um, but, like, like I, I just, since Giannis and, you know, all my whole career, I've never saw someone that just, that, like, watching him handle the ball and play had me that, like, just engaged and excited every time. Every time he gets, he gets to, like, every time he gets that, like, little dribble up to the three-point line, and he goes in and he backs out a little. I'm like, oh, what's he going to do this time? You know, like every time. Like it's it's it fully revitalized, you know, from like a, you know, a cursory interest, like going to a couple games because you live in Milwaukee. And like, yeah, I like the Bucks, but like, you know, you know, post the post Ray Allen era was like brutal. Uh, like it was just brutal, you know, for a long time. Um, and uh, so, go ahead. I was going to say, talking about like Giannis and the way he plays and the only other person in the NBA, I think it, that is as fun to watch as Giannis because so Giannis, I think plays the best Steph Curry. Yeah. (laughs) Steph Curry is the only other person. I'm like, I I don't care. Just, I want to see what he does with the ball. He's going to shoot from half court. He's going to dribble all the way through somebody, not look at the basket and throw up a hook shot and still score somehow. Like he's the, they're the only two people. Well, they're the two people I think are the most exciting right now in the NBA to watch because the type of game that they play, they play it so much better than everybody else. Yeah. At that. Yeah. That it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're, you're just, you're, you're watching like a player like a Steph Curry and, and, and uh, Durant too. Like I was mesmerized every time like Katie had the ball, like, like that a, game, that game seven, man. Like, what was that? Like, that game seven, like he, at the end of that game, they should have tested him, not for PAD, not for PEDs or any sort of like any sort of thing. Like they should have just tested to see if he was human. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was making shots where like the physics didn't make sense. Yeah, as an engineering, as an engineer, like you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, well, just, that shouldn't be possible. Yeah. It's so crazy how smooth he is. Yeah, and like his form and the the arc on his shots is just one of those like. 
like, it just drifts. It's like a, a, it's like a it's a got a magnet in the ball. Like, yeah. Like yeah, it's 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 it, like I said, it's like it's it's like um. It, it's just – it's mesmerizing to watch him. The way he, like, moves and, like, just the motion of his shot and stuff and how it just like – yeah. he said that arch, and I'm just like – and it's just like net, 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 like, over and over and over again. I'm like – he had this one, like, bank shot where he, like, hit, hit – he fucking hit the plastic wrap on the uh, on the stupid hoop – or on the, on the backboard, and it, like, just angled straight into the net. And I'm like, what – like is there is like is it like is there somebody with like a controller like inside of a robot that is KD controlling the ball with you know like is it a mech situation with like an alien I think you're right like yeah it, yeah KD is like uh, just like an elite like just this elite scorer you know and I don't know yeah so there's just that I mean that's the thing I like about basketball over like other sports is that like you can just like watch a star and still get enjoyment out of the game you know whether winner win or loss or whatever for me being introduced again homer being introduced to devin booker in this series was infuriating um i watched perfect defense being played on him by two of the best defenders in the league like three if you count Giannis, who has a defensive uh, M- uh player of the year award as well yeah so watching tuck drew and Giannis defend this guy and him just like with these lean away, like Giannis away, the, and, the, and just like turn around. Stop. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Like, like, I'm like, like he can't defend you any better. Like, I mean, this is, I'm like, this is the defense you teach. You just, and you keep doing it, hoping that it stops him. And he just keeps hitting it. I'm like, stop, stop it. Like, which will segue into my favorite part of the game, which was watching Drew put him on an island. <laughs> just, like, yeah. just take him out. Like, it, it, it was, like, when, Bo- okay, so, like, if, by the time we made it to the Phoenix series, I had endured KD just running roughshod on our team the whole time, to where I'm like, okay, if nobody, if if no other star, if we shut down the other, because KD's going to get a shot. It's just, KD is going to score if KD wants to. So, like, as long as we just, yeah, KD have 50 points, whatever, man. Just stop other people from scoring at all times, right? And that's kind of how I started to feel about like, I'm like, if we like, if if Booker's a problem, just stop him from scoring. Like, I'm like, I'm like, if we can just like stop one or the uh, CP3 or him any given game, then I think we'll be fine. And that's what I saw kind of happen. Is like, I like when I was getting afraid because in that second quarter, you're watching like Booker and CP3 both starting to heat up, and I'm like, no. And then Drew just, I don't know what he did coming out of the second half but like booker was just quiet it was good it was good drew got out of coop's basement is that what it was yeah yeah i wish you would have kept him there (laughs) oh and i wish you would have kept him there but i mean like so yeah i'm like really happy that a lot of people got to see devin booker play like play on the you know the highest stage for basketball like really happy about that like yeah, Drew played amazing defense on him in in Game Six, and just like was just like, we're not gonna let you. The mayor of Clamptown. we're not gonna let you play basketball. Like we're just not gonna let you play basketball anymore. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of other teams had 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 done that, like throughout the series, like the, like the Lakers tried to, I... like the Clippers tried to, and like when that happened for the Suns, like 
at that point in time, like Aiton and like Bridges. I mean, Cameron Payne had a, a 30 point game against the Clippers when Chris Paul was uh, was injured before he when he was on uh, COVID protocol. And so like a lot of the other Suns players were able to then like rise to that level. But like it just it just didn't happen this series against the Bucks. Like All right. they had the first two games where they came out hot, but they're no, a lot of the other times and even throughout the rest of the season, it'd be like, okay, well, you can lock down CP3, or you can lock down Booker, but then somebody else from the Suns is also going to go yeah. and get like 30 points on you that you weren't expecting. Right. Yeah. So you always had like something like that. So I, I hate Twitch here. Clever name. Um, okay. I'm going to bed, but I want a firm affirmation from you Bucks fans as to the impact of Arkansas Razorbacks on the Milwaukee Bucks. You mean because Bobby P? enormous like like what like ty covered it but it's yeah, yeah he's, bobby he's buckets is a legend <laughs> yeah B, bp the gas man like he yeah got the keys of the city like you know, yeah. what like what like what more do you want the people's oh, champ like, the people's champ yeah. that's why he's walking around with the with the belt because he's the people's the belt, champ yeah. like he he uh he just oh sydney moncrief moncrief was a razorback right was yeah. he a razorback so both razorbacks Smooth. i think so right on um, right on, right on, right on. Yeah, but Cindy Moncrief ain't walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the no, and we're we're talking about this game. Like, um, no, I I mean Bobby Bobby Portis has been like, like like you said the 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 BP the gas man like he's just a spark plug, just a spark plug for this team. I like. I I I've never cheered for a technical foul before Bobby Portis. You usually like groan. When he took the technical foul, I'm like, you fucking, yeah, Bobby! And start chanting. Like, who could get that out of you? I, I cheered for Jay Crowder when he salsa danced on LeBron. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, 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 like, Portis had a foul in, uh, it might have been the Nets series or might have been earlier on in this, where it was just, like, just a regular foul. And, like, he just, like, walked away and he gave, like, the crazy eyes and, like, the Bobby chance came out. And I'm like, that's right! That's a fucking good foul! You know, like... That was that was the Atlanta game, too. Because that... I was in the stadium for that. And that... And the place went absolutely nuts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like... I think what... What... What Portis does, too, and... He he says that he's grown from this, but like. So what you're are you implying that we it. don't win championships without a Razorback on the roster? Oh, well, I mean, I guess that's a fact, right? Lifetime contract, no problem. <laughs> Give him the UD yeah. contract where he gets to yeah. be the 15 man until he dies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hot day was a buck. That was yeah. those were dark days though. Yeah, the, we don't um, get it. Dark days, Todd Day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Bobby Portis had a quote about his pregame. Have you guys seen that? Where it talked about what he thinks in the locker room before the game. And it was earlier in his career. It was probably four years ago or so. But And he's since tweeted about it saying, like, oh, I've grown. You know, he hasn't denied it. But they they asked him, like, what he does, what mindset he gets into. And he says, I think about my opponent slapping my mom. And then I go out there and whoop their ass. Like, that mentality <laughs> of, like, just... He's like, I think that this person who I'm up against has slapped my mom, and then I go out there and I I take it to him. Like, I I, I feel like we don't talk about PJ. I mean, Portis is like, like Team Bobby, like Team BP, like 
like so firmly for I love I love his I just love his stuff. Like I just he's got the right stuff, right? And he was playing when Giannis is down, he's playing and he's starting for Giannis. Yeah, well he put in what, twenty twenty four? Yeah, didn't he score in the early twenties and when Giannis is out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, see I even, yeah, I think so. see I even forgot where we played against Atlanta. Um <laughs> didn't forget Trey Young. We were talking about Booker's coming out party and like people seeing him play. Trey Young, that kid Young also. can score. Holy crap. Yeah. I had no idea how, how good he was in those early games of that series where he's driving and he's hitting these off balance and his floaters and like he's just going up and over people that are it feels like twice his size. Trey Young can't be much over six foot tall, like Yeah. Um yeah. And just a shooter. He'll well, he'll be fun to watch for years to come. Well, see, that was the other like the other thing is like the small markets, both teams got to showcase some talent. Like like the people gotta have respect on, 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 on Booker and I mean Giannis it feels like Giannis hasn't gotten the national like attention, respect. Like you have Harden calling him no skill. And uh like Man, did he I just? Well, well, okay, you know, another one of the. I talked about like all the various moments where like I was tearing up watching all, just consuming all the stuff. There was this montage of like the Bucks getting to the finals, and like one of the sh- shots they show is at the end of Game Seven. Uh, Katie and, and Giannis hug, and Katie punches Giannis in the chest, and he says, "Go get you one." Go get that ring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says, "Go get you one," or "Go get, go get that ring." Like, just that. Yeah, like, oh, like I'm just goosebumps, man. Like sports are, like they, you know, competition. I think like we live in a time period where it's it's kind of kind of awesome. Like it's easy to be a, a like doomer pilled, and like kind of hate on the world. And there's a lot to be worried about. It feels like we live in to Doctor Dark Match coined this one, and I'm stealing it forever. The boring dystopia. Like we're just in this, and and then like, and. So you kind of look for these little like sparks of light wherever you can find them, and for me, like sports is one of them. Um, and you get these like Giannis Antetokounmpo went from selling sunglasses in Ath- like a Nigerian uh, uh, immigrant family to Athens, Greece, kid selling sunglasses on the street to argue. No, I'm going to say objectively right now the most dominant player in the NBA, just currently right now as of speaking, right? Like. Could change next year, but right now, like the titles, the hardware, everything to prove it, right? Just popping off for fifty points. He's done something only. He's one of three NBA players ever to have all the hardware he has. Like, yeah, Hakeem, Jordan, and him. Yeah. Yep. Like, like it, it, you know, undeniably, like just this great talent, and and to just come from this this humble beginning, like. You know, one of the things he was shy about early on in his career was like that he didn't speak very good English. He didn't have a suit to show up to the NBA draft, and so like, was that Horst? Um, Hammond, Hammond, drafted Hammond, him. Hammond, 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 Hammond went out and bought him a suit, like so that he could be at the draft. Like we had, like. Like you, I watched that video where he's like, you know, what do you want to do? You know, he's like, I want to be an NBA player. And then like they keep asking him, and like, what's your goal for 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 the NBA? This is his, like the draft day video. I'm like, and what's your goal for an NBA player? And he's like, to get better, to be an NBA player. And just like, 
fucking my heart like like it it like exploded and you know when he put on the uh uh when he put on the Paskey shirt like yeah. for the presser I'm just like oh dude he gets it like he, like the 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 Milwaukee mentality that blue collar city like you know this is a city in industry forgot you know it it teeters back and forth in the top 3 spots for most gentrified city in the entire country i myself wandered through life you know i i you know my mom chased a marine down to north carolina I was born, you know, up in the cities in Minnesota. She chases like the first Marine catches her eye down to North Carolina with me and her, my sister, who was a newborn at the time. I'm, I'm flipping two years old. We live off the barracks in Camp Lejeune. And then like she loses custody of me to foster care. I bounce all around like I end up with a, my grandma gets me out of foster care. But then my grandma has a mental breakdown. So I end up living with an aunt. My aunt and I fight constantly. So I end up living with this uncle and then this aunt and yada yada. Like just fucking nowhere. And I go off to college because I was told by everything in my life that if you get an education, you get out of what you're in. Right. Like that was student counselors all told me that. Like I had a temper. I fought everybody. I was drinking young. You know, not on a good path. Now, I wasn't selling sunglasses on the street to get by, but, you know, I always had a, you know, after a point, I always had a roof over my head. And I get through college. I don't have anything to do. I call up my dad. I'm like, Dad, I did the college thing. What do I do? And, you know, he decided he was my best friend when I was about 14 years old. And he kind of came into my life and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool dad. Buy you a PS2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the dad who goes out to get smokes and never, like, he, he's the techless. Like, he just. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, uh, like, and, uh, you know, and then, like, I get, I get, I, I get through college and he just, like, he vanishes when I'm in college when I, like, I needed a support structure the most. And I'm like, so I call him up and I'm like, Dad, what do I do now? And he's like, you get a job. And I'm like, great advice, Dad. <laughs> Thank you. And so I talk, Joe, hey, well, I'm like, I don't know what to do next, man. And he's like, my grandpa's got a play. He, my grandpa's got a business out in Milwaukee. Uh, we'll move you out. Like, come out to Milwaukee. I was 20, 23, 24, somewhere in there. I'd have to do math. And uh, hard. yeah, it's hard. And, uh, for the first time in my life, I felt like I was home when I Milwaukee's dirty and it's got it's got sections of it. They call industrial relics, just these uh, like urban decay, like look at the husks gentrification has left, like, you know, look at like industry being shipped out of the city like it has the they're just there, you know. The Cream City brick, how it like it starts to to shift color shift like over time, like, and you can have this. There's this bend on Holly Road where in one minute you're looking at the city skyline and then you bend and it's trees and 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 uh, dirty stalluses on the other side, and like the the city was like it's this crazy like eclectic little place. You know, I lived on the east side. We we walked fucking everywhere. I took buses everywhere. I remember getting hammered ass drunk. Uh, I was just going to go out one night. 8 o'clock. 20-something. Molly and I just started dating. Um, 
and we're gonna go get we're gonna go get a case of PBR because that's what you fucking do in Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get a case of PBR. We're gonna go back and just and just drink and and uh, you know watch fucking uh, archers. I don't know, uh, Adventure Time or Aqua Teen. I don't know, and uh, and we go and we end up running into friends on North Avenue outside of uh, outside of uh, uh, the Up and Under. And uh, sorry, it was Landmark. And uh, we end up just, like, stashing the 30 case of PBR around the corner behind some dumpsters, go in, drink. We end up closing the bars, and, like, everywhere we go, we, we, want, we go back, and we check, and our 30-pack's still there. We grab our 30-pack, we walk through North Avenue, and uh, <laughs> we're just handing out PBR for this fucking case, everyone we see. And, uh, you know, like, a week later, somebody gets stabbed at North Park, and I'm like, you know what, it was probably the same, like, it was probably the same people there, and they just decided to stab these other people at North Park. And I'm like... And like, but like, if you embrace Milwaukee, Milwaukee fucking embraces you. And that's the lesson I was going with here. Like, like, I love that city and it's, it's hard to describe how much I love Milwaukee and how much I found my heart, like in Milwaukee. Like I just, my whole life just lost. And, you know, then I met Molly. I had these great times. I just like, I, I step onto Brady street. And I just, I feel home, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just, there's just something about that city, you know, all the memories I piled up, both my kids are born from there. And just this, finally I had a home and this Bucks team that I've always kind of liked, cause I became a Wisconsin Homer to overcompensate for not having a real origin story. Right. Like, um, and to watch this team finally like win you know, with this just in just awesome player who had this like kind of like hard knock life too. It was, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's indescribable. I know I didn't win the championship and that my popsicle socks as powerful as they are, <laughs> uh, didn't win, but no, it's, well, I, go ahead. We, we won though. Like, you know, that, that's the thing about a team, right? Like having a home team, your connection to the city, you know, Brendan's connection, my connect, like we are a fan base, right? And and when a team wins a championship, yeah, we we are not winning a trophy. We are not, you know, but like we get to experience that and the experience of that victory, the experience of that feeling of like, you know, dedicating yourself to something and then achieving greatness. We talked about watching, you know, a master watching greatness, like how, how you, yeah, yeah. like that's what we got to do as a collective and we got to do it as a collective and like of, of coming off of, or still in one of the worst year, two years of like recent history. Like I, I know I needed something. I needed a win, something good to happen. Yeah, like, yeah. and it was something good that happened that we could all celebrate and be, you know, connected in some way yeah. and like enjoy. And I think that's, that's a cool thing about sports in general and why I like is your, your highs are so high when your team is winning and your lows are so low when your team is like losing or, you know, I think of the Brewers losing to the Dodgers and the NLCS, like how much I <laughs> Kicker. despised. Kicker, like, worst year ever. Worst year ever. <laughs> but it like, 2020 was was rough and i mean yeah. we don't need to dwell on that everyone knows 2020 was yeah a no it's it brutal year. it was brutal 
in this this team and this playoff run and this championship was just one thing for like a week. Like to your point, I think you mentioned it having a great week. Like I'm I'm feeling good like all week, you know, just watching the the press interviews, having the parade on today, like yeah. you know, just watching watching talks completely lit. Like yes. out of his pouring champagne mind. over the Larry O'Brien trophy, like <laughs> And then telling it off with his T-shirt when Drew says, man, Tuck, you got a lot of champagne on this trophy. Like, but those moments, those interviews, the videos, like I've been watching the Giannis videos. I've been watching highlights. Like, it's just something to celebrate and and have fun with and, like, enjoy. And it's been such a pick-me-up. Like, I hope it, I hope it never ends. Yeah. No, I I mean, I, I, uh, it's just, um. Like I mean, I think on a on a basic level, sports are escapism, like a, yeah, like a, any other tabletop thing. But like the the absolute like collective communal aspect, like like part of the thing, like I mentioned, like Milwaukee, the city. What I love about Milwaukee is if you've got a Brewers cap on or a Bucks cap on, and you walk fucking anywhere, like you have this like rallying cry of like you can just like you know Bucks and six, you know like. And you just point books and jigs. We were at Ren Fair, uh, you know, you know the the night. Uh, so it was that Saturday was was game five, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Saturday was game. We were at Ren Fair, and uh, and I I had to choose like either go in my cosplay, basically. I, I don't know if you call it cosplay for Ren Fair, but I finally meticulously put together like some cosplay because I'm trying. I want to have some cosplay for AOS tournaments, uh, so I've been putting together a wardrobe. And so I'm like, I can go on that, or I can go in Bucks gear. And I'm like, I got to go in Bucks gear. Like, I'm like, I kind of like, I was kind of like sad all day a little bit. Every time I'd see a really cool outfit, I'm like, damn, I could have been in a cool outfit. Like, and like my buddy Keegan, he put on his uh, Chris Middleton is good shirt. And so like, we had this part where like, one, somebody like told, told, told Keegan Chris Middleton was not good. And I had to stop a fight from happening. Because we're both like half drunk Irishmen, right? Like, <laughs> like, like that's um, fighting words. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's like Chris. What do you mean? He's like, what did you say? And I'm like, Keegan. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> great time. Um, but then the other part of it was like, you know, you'd just be walking along, and then just someone would be like, Bucks and six, Bucks and six, like, and then <laughs> and we're leaving Ren Fair, we get a Bucks and six chant started, like. Oh man, like there's, you know, I love, I love Age of Sigmar, you know, I, you know, I love my nerdly vices a great deal. And if you asked me to rank them, I would probably have some that I could rank above like basketball. Right. I, I think no doubt about that, but like, I don't think there's something as like universal as that. You know, if, if I'm at a convention, I could probably like, you know, we've got the, you, you had the Slambo chance at Adepticon a few years back. Right. You know that's fucking hilarious. Like I love that. Like the the uh, the ever chosen podcast guys, like uh, Sons of Slambo, did had that going on. So just randomly throughout the Adepticon weekend, you'd hear Slambo, and then like a bunch of people just shout Slambo, like right, like it was fantastic. But like that's at the convention. I went elsewhere <laughs> and got a Bucks and Six chat going. Right, like. I probably could have, like, maybe get one guy to shout Slambo back at me who may or may not know what the fuck's going on at the Red Bear, <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. you know, I, yeah. I could, if you if I go to Ind- Indianapolis, I used to love to to bring my uh, my Milwaukee Bucks uh, uh, BMO card. 
um, and pay w- insist on paying for drinks with it at Gen Con again when I knew it was like a fucking Pacers fan or something. <laughs> Just, you know, and then we'd have a basketball like chat, even though we're there for like talking about Driss Duarte and shit. Like, you know, th- th- that like the camaraderie. I like sports because it's like a universal language. You know, like you can. You know, it, it just it anywhere you go, or like if you see somebody like you know their team's doing good that year. Like I'm gonna see someone in a Booker, you know, jersey from now. I'm dude, fucking guy's dope, right? Like, it's you know you have that like common language that's just you know yeah. There's a lot of crap and exploitative NCAA practice. There's a lot of stuff that can get a lot better, and it should get better. But it needs like quite frankly, it needs a bunch of lefties that enjoy the sport pushing our lefty causes. You know, but like it's fucking unionized. You can argue that like sports players get pl- get paid so much because they're extracting the most percentage of wealth from their labor. You know, they're like super socialists. At, in fact, maybe that's why. It, like, never mind. Um, like they're like super socialists in that they extract more value from their labor than the average worker does from their body, right? Like, and their labor, like collective bargaining. That's right. They do. Like. It, you know the it, it's against CP3 players union rep. <laughs> <laughs> we dogs, that's right. No, it's it's just like I, I don't know. There's like there's there's such like great things in sports too. Is all I'm trying to say. Like there's a lot of of good stuff you can find in sports, and there's a lot of nerdy shit you can do with numbers. Yeah, um, I'm gonna confirm. Uh, you guys are gonna like have a conversation. I'm gonna go grab a beer and then we can wrap this up. Sound good? Because I see two of you are fading. Sounds good. <laughs> Brennan, you're way I'm expecting great things from you in our next uh D and D session. You're gonna have to stay up till the uh the bitter end. Now I've seen you can do it, so Oh man. It's like it's only because the Bucks games because like the the finals games have been kicking off at uh eight, at eight yeah. and like at, you know, no game ends before ten thirty. No. So and if, it, and if it looks like it's getting close to ending before ten thirty, don't worry. There'll be some some timeouts and some things called. It'll I, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of a little bit of hack of Giannis. You know, uh, that was definitely the one thing that we missed um, this series. I'm eternally grateful for. There is nothing I hate more than just the parade to the free throw line. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was like game four, game five of that uh, Suns Clippers series. We're like that game just would not, not end. Literally, the last two minutes of it lasted, I think, forty-five minutes. Like it the last insane. two minutes of game time lasted actually forty-five just minutes. Insane. Sad skip ball. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, oh god. And it was it was that horrendous like eighty-six, eighty-nine finish where it wasn't even like this was some beautiful high-scoring affair, you know, for the other remainder of the game. It was just. Cool. This was a this was a gravel fight, and um, we're we're just going to resort to. I get. I understand that it's an effective tactic and a valid tactic of basketball, um, but we are going to go with literally the worst way to play this game, which is hoping guys don't make free throws. Like, right. boo, boo, gross, awful, horrible. Um, the NBA needs to move to the Elam ending style finishes that uh, the basketball tournament uses. It's way more fun. It's it's way easier to to just live with. Like, ugh. 
just hate it. Hate it so much. <laughs> just the worst. So what what um what roster impacts do you see next year for the the Bucks? I know this is this is so far down the the basketball hole, so I'm just going further. Like you think Portis could will probably get a big deal offer somewhere. Does he stay or does he go? You imagine Tucker's probably gone. Yeah, like we'll like we'll see. Tucker looked washed in in a lot of ways where like I mean, I, he I, gave it all against KD and then just, yeah, like, yeah. gave everything else he had in basketball to defend KD for the, the Bucks. Yeah, I think I think what will happen with Tucker is the Bucks will make him an offer, um, but there's going to be, like, some kind of team out there who wants a piece like Tucker and is going to offer him, you know, an extra year or two to make him a tradable asset, and they're going to offer him some money. Like, it's not going to be this, like, world busting deal but it's going to be a team that thinks it's like a pj tucker away from Mm -hmm. you know from from going over the hump um i i think if you'd asked me after the heat series Bryn forbes was going to opt out and go try and make a gazillion dollars um i i think he'll probably opt in um i i do think bobby will probably take a a discount to stay here um yeah i i I I hope so I really hope so. Same, but but yeah, to, but to your point, like if there's a team out there that's going to offer him like four years and like five and a half a year, um, and I think there is. I think there's a market for for him. Those eyes, though, so good, and he knows he has them and he uses them on purpose. Yeah. Oh, so good. I love Bobby P. Lopez has a year left. We've got one year. We don't have anyone we have to lose this year currently, right? That that's the the contracts all line up. We got one more year with them. Yeah, no, Every... we're we've got three years more of Middleton, five more of Giannis, five more of Drew. Yep. Um, we either have one or two of Lopez. Um, I can't imagine them keeping Lopez through the whole contract. I see him being an expiring contract deal in a year, maybe the series back, but. Well, I I think that they need to if they're if they're gonna repeat they need it they they need to shuffle it up a little bit like I I don't yeah. think I, I, we, like we need we need one more guard like yeah it just the I mean Jeff like Teague's I, gone let's be honest yeah Teague. part of the issue with the rotation was not having DDV Don, not having uh, Dante there was huge like I keep forgetting like add him back into the mix. And it's just such a different dynamic. Like, and then the guard rotation doesn't look so bad, yeah. right? But, but you you still need that third, you know, like that. I guess it's really that second rotation guy, um, because you can't you can't have Pat Connaughton in there for all 20, 20, of the guard yeah, rotation yeah. minutes, especially if um, he does that happy lucky lucky leprechaun thing that he likes to do and ends up in foul trouble, like. Yeah. I I I like Connaughton's energy. I I think he brings a spark to it. But he, I want him to come in to do this. I want him to come in and like be the spark in the. Moment. I like Con- I like Connaughton in very limited minutes. I like him as a role player and a bench mob energy guy, but not a yeah. not a twenty minutes like yeah. to Brendan's point the, the where he's in the rotation and he's getting significant minutes like the final is his three point shooting was phenomenal shot what fifty percent like it was nuts it was um, it made no sense but he's but good time for it yeah yeah absolutely especially with Forbes 
you know, falling into a black hole after the Miami series. But that's what he does. Uh, that's that's Brent Forbes. He doesn't play defense, and he's supposed to be like yeah. a three point shooter, and he just. He yeah. wasn't a three-point shooter. There's no ah, there's like, no purpose to him. You have one job, one yeah. job. <laughs> like, I love I love Pat though. Like I do. Conan's fun to watch. I like I like. He's also you can tell he's one of Giannis's guys. Like, I mean, workout partners. Like, yes, yeah. there's camaraderie there. I um, I, and I think that's important to keep guys like that around Giannis too. Yes, like, I agree. Well, it's like why Chris Middleton. I want I want them both to retire as Bucks together. You know, like I want one more championship in a couple years. You know, two three years, and for them to retire together. Like if okay, uh, you don't you don't want them retiring together. Middleton's got a number of years on Giannis. Like Giannis can keep going. Well, oh, you know what I mean. I want I, I we're in an era where like it's not Bucks for life, and like or where it's really like you know. He, Pretty much every great has gone on to a different team. You know, no one remembers Steve Young leaving. You know, nobody remembers, Mon- you know, Montana elsewhere. We all remember Favre elsewhere. Like, you know, but, like, those, like, greats always, you know, the Wizards Jordan years, right? Like, they all do that, right? But So, like, I, I know it's an – And Marino never left Miami. Yeah, but he never won anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, the greatest – they take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. Miami Dolphins fight Sonic. That's okay. Remember how how much of a fool that guy was? Yeah, I can't I can't believe the Giannis hate. I love I love the the if I'm Nick uh, Batum, I'm going back to Greece. His <laughs> response to that comment from was it Oppenheimer that told him that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I can't wait for that book, man. Um, that excerpt from the the Giannis book is. Like I that's knew, gonna be such a good I, read. I knew about the mean mug, like I like I like the Giannis trivia, but like there's so much more I don't know about Giannis, and I need to know. There was a, a YouTube documentary. It was like a 40 minute documentary on Giannis. Uh, high uh, like a high quality actual documentary. It came out a, two three years ago, probably two tree. I gotta say it, Wisconsin like couple uh, of two tree, yeah. a couple two tree. Um, yeah, it, it, that one was really good. Um. The mean When's mo- the honest Disney movie coming? He did. He turned down Space Jam. Do you remember that? Oh, he's 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 getting a movie with him about him and his brother. His life story, right? Yeah. 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 All three championships. All three yeah. are champions. First, isn't that the first time only that three brothers have had? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. All three have championship, championship rings. Yeah. I don't know if but, there are three brothers that have played in the league other than them. I can't think. Of Holiday them. brothers. Holiday. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's. So all three with rings. <laughs> well, I, Fran- Francis isn't gonna get hit. Francis isn't gonna get one because uh, he's not a basketball player. Um, but obviously, Alex is gonna get drafted this did, year. Can we uh, can we start a petition to give Brandon Jennings a ring? I I don't think there's any way he doesn't get one. Like, like can we please for the culture, right? For the culture. For the him, culture. You give him a ring for he the was, culture. He, he was in the he, parade. Man, he, he looked was, like he was having a blast. Oh my god! He, it it had to was, be. He was sitting in the owner seats. Like there's there's no way, there's no way Brandon Jennings doesn't get a ring. I mean, it's got to be about as good as like I mean, he, he obviously he didn't, he didn't get his chip, but like it's got to be a, you know, for a retired player, this has to be about as good as it can get, right? Like this is, 
You like, like, saw Michael Red like, there. Red like, was like you know, like when you go and climb, yeah. like climb H two or whatever. I don't remember the fucking they call the mountains. You know, and like you don't get to the main summit of Everest, but you get to like the second, the the other one, and you're it's you're, it's still like a super awesome feat. That's Brandon Jennings. Give him a ring. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I cut you off. Go on. No, I just I I've been thinking about all the Bucks teams too, and all the the players. Like, I mean. Dan Gadzarich, Larry Sanders, like all the all the guys that came to Milwaukee that either were supposed to be something or were like what we just dealt with and thought like this is basketball for the, the well, decades well, that, of my life. Like, I mean that's 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 small market ball though. Every draft pick you're hoping yeah. is something you're, you're hoping you're getting lane. the cad you're hoping you're getting a cadge again, right? You're just like this. Yeah. You know, you're you're hoping you know, the same thing happens in, in football where, like, we're hoping we get another far. We got a, you know, Rodgers. Who knows what's going to – loves not Rodgers. Oh, God. So, like, you know, you just – you hope that you hit in the draft. You hope that, like, that that benevolent yeah, – strike gold. Yeah. Yeah, like, and, and that's that's the small market life. That's what it is. That's what – with Phoenix – even with, uh you know, Travis, I think, can appreciate this. Even with Phoenix, it's like – CP3 to Phoenix is, like, kind of a big deal. But, like – that wasn't like, you know, his first option. Wasn't the plan, right? Yeah, like it. You know, it's like I'm going to Phoenix. We're going to win a championship there. You know, like it wasn't. You know, like yeah, go to L.A., go to Miami, Atlanta. I'd posit like, and either New York. Okay. Well, okay, you're going to yeah. stay away from like the Knicks because that organization is T rash. But the Nets, yeah, like you're gonna you're gonna go for those. Like even a Seattle, yeah. like right, like you know where where there's not another sports ball. Well, I guess you got Portland too, but Seattle's not there. It's Portland now, right? Yes, like the Supersonics. Have no, they're they're New Orleans now. Grant was drafted. Yeah, like, no, they're, they're, they're New Orleans now. Yeah, the Pelicans. Yeah, New Orleans is a big market team. Like, sorry, it's I get I do I have this old man thing where like I lock in the old team in where it was. Yeah, well, they they became the Thunder, but that's not important. I thought they became the Pelicans. New Orleans wasn't. No, they became the Thunder. Charlotte became Charlotte Hornets New became Orleans. the New Orleans Pelicans. That's why I blocked it. Because they because then Charlotte got another team. They were the Bobcats because it was the New Orleans Hornets for a little bit, and then uh, the Bobcats were well, they had a legal historically clause bad. or whatever, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then they got the Hornets back, and now you get the Pelicans. But yeah, whatever. So, yeah. So let's wrap this up before I fall asleep or let me go. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I. Sh- I should. Yeah. It's. it's no. No. Late. It's. It's fair. Um. Yeah. Tyrant Mania getting in on our basketball chat. Yeah. No. Tyrant Mania. Yeah. Steve. Steve. There getting in on there. No. I. I, I just. Um. No. I, I mean, like I said, the small market life is. It's. It kind of. Uh, it kind of sucks. Like I remember. You know they they drafted Japari too, and you're like, okay, this is it, the one-two punch, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. and just and his knee exploded, and then the other knee exploded. <laughs> like, fucking hell! Like, um, and you you had Chris Middleton, but he had that like sort of you know, is he a legit second person guy, and so on and so forth, and you know the, the answer's that... yes. Yeah, Found it is out. definitively. I mean, uh, the Boston series proved to me he was. Like it was like I I had an inkling because I want to defend my homers, but you start to get frustrated and you know. But yeah, like maybe now somebody's like, dude, if I go pair up with Giannis, I can get a I can get a ring and we can see like some sort of 
residuals going down the line from this because I you have to you have to think some superstars out there are like are like okay Giannis just like popped off for fifty and like if I just show up and do my twenty you know you, like there's got to be yeah. some some star out there I I don't know but yeah like small market life it live by the draft die by the draft and it's yeah you know. The Dubs, what people don't realize is prior to KD, that was a homegrown team too. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. 2016, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. They, they ran. So that was, I mean, it gives you a little bit of a, like, you're like, oh, yeah, draft and develop, blah, blah, blah. But then there's large market too. So then you have other large market factors that help. Right. In, yeah. In terms of, so I don't know. So this, the point is, is this was a win for, this wasn't just like the Suns may have lost, but they also won because they the small market way has been validated. the 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 alternative to the super team has been proven to work. Like not just not just with them, but also with again like just yeah you know just Clay Thompson and and Steph Curry right like and you bring on Thompson back in October yeah so so the Dubs you know like. You don't have to like be all super team all the time. You can have faith in your players. You can. At one thing that small markets forced to do is because they start to like. M- Milwaukee Brewers are a fantastic small market team in just terms of community outreach. Small market teams care an awful lot more about their communities. I because they have to. They can't rely on the f- the fair weather fans and the bandwagon to draw revenue all the time. They have to do. Like you buy a Palermo's fucking pizza and you get a ticket. <laughs> oh, there's the dubs. <laughs> Your wife showed up. <laughs> good. Uh, good. No, I, but, but I guess what I'm really saying is Steph Curry to the Bucks, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Him and Giannis had a lot of fun at the All Star game. So I mean, yeah. I mean, how can you not have fun with the two of them? Yeah. Right. Oh be the most electrifying sport in uh in the world like just that oh people would hate that team so much oh they would though they would (laughs) there'd be no there'd be no valid defense it would just be like well i guess we have to hope that like you can do nothing like you know like the bucks if if any team was steph curry and Giannis, they are just the harlem globetrotters versus washington generals literally every night you get Other you get a guys you get a point guard like, that'll distribute you the just, ball to you just, them. They, they raffle off like random people from the stands one day contracts <laughs> for the whole season. You'll see any point guard in that team. You'll see him tie Scott Skiles like thirty one assist single game record or whatever it is. Like <laughs> every night, every night it'll just be the new average thirty assists for this dude kicking it out to Steph, hitting Giannis on a cut like. Like, could, like, yeah, he'll make first team all NBA. It could be but like, one of us. We'll give him the MVP for it. <laughs> it could be one of us, and we get twelve assists. Like, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, final thoughts, Bucks, sports, passion. Uh, let's go with you, Brendan. It, it's been fun. It's been super exciting. I, um, you know, I, obviously, I'm. I'm not from Milwaukee natively, uh, so this was like the one thing that like I latched on to moving up here. Um, How did that happen? Like my, huh? How did that happen? By the way, because like you're 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 a Bears fan. 
Um, I don't know your yes. your baseball affiliation. I guess we haven't. Talked so about so I'm originally from Chicago. I'm I'm a Bears fan. I'm a White Sox fan. Uh, I really never cared much about basketball. Massive um, Purdue fan, I, obviously. Like for you know, yeah, collegiate, yeah, yeah. And and when I moved up here, um, the girl I was dating at the time, she was super into the Bucks, and um, her dad was the recruiter that got me to the place of my first job. And um, he offered me and the couple of other people he had recruited up to their um, tickets to the to a Bucks game, and I brought her um, because I knew that you know she's really excited about it. So yeah, I I couldn't care less at the time. Passion. Look at the, the pat. Right. Like if you want to, the the thing I led with accidentally tying into this is finding something through the passion of someone else. Go on. Sorry. So. So we went to the game, um, and it was like these were like really dumb good seats, like like five rows back, you know, like right behind the team bench, like just a waste on me, like uh, just an absolute waste. And you know, she was telling me about Giannis, and Giannis is only like two years younger than I am, or something like that, and. Um, I watched him play and obviously I'm from Chicago. So the mythos of Jordan is, is what, you know, live and die by. I was too young to really know. Um, you didn't you know, watch like, him play, right? Like you're, you're, you're I, like, I, remember, I remember one game yeah. that my parents, you know, brought me and my brothers and my sister was like either one or an infant at the time where we sat down and like, as a family, it, it like, it must've been like the, the jazz finals like i was i was like five or six years old um so i don't i don't remember a thing other than like i i remember watching a game i don't remember what happened i remember that like we had like really burnt popcorn um (laughs) and um and you know she's telling me about Giannis, and i watch him play and i don't know a thing about basketball and it was against the celtics and i remember leaving that game going like I need to know everything there is about this guy because even though they got killed by the Celtics, just beat to garbage. The Giannis effect. I, yeah, I remember like, that too. I, like I was watching him and I was like, yeah, he didn't play amazingly and, you know, he didn't put up crazy numbers. But, like, he was clearly the best basketball player on the court. Um, like, in terms of just, like, the move. overall basketball. Yeah, the way he moves. Um, and, yeah, it's just – it's yeah. And – as like I spent more time and learning about it, you know, I I certainly can't ever parallel what it is that he went through. Um, but like the thing I latched onto was, um, just like me, this was a new city for him. Uh, and I was like, okay, you know, that's like that's cool. You know, I've, I've got that story with him. And but I also latched onto this like unlimited potential kind of story. You know, yeah. I. I came out of college and everyone was telling me like, there's like, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. Like, cool. Uh, Like, I don't know what that is though. Um, yeah. You know, I was like, like, I was like, I know I want to be an engineer, but I don't know what it means. Like, yeah. Like, like I don't like, I don't, you know, I'm a mechanical engineer and I don't like cars. Uh, you know, (laughs) it's, so, you know, it's like as it's grown and developed and that kind of thing, you know, I, I was a season ticket holder. You know, I have spent some absolutely miserable 
Tuesday nights up in the nosebleeds of the BMO Harris Bradley Center. Um, I know, watching the watching the Bucks piss away twenty point leads against Cleve, like against you know against like Orlando, uh, and I don't know, like it. There was also like these weird relationships like with the city, the series that um, that I have in my you know in my personal life where I was like, well, this is just um, obviously reading way too much into it, but you know it's just Giannis won me over you know, what he was and where I was, like, when I first came to this city, like, really, really struck a chord with me. And I was like, I, you know, it's like, this is, this is super what I'm interested in. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and I, I, I actually, like, I have, I know the BMO Harris Bradley Center was falling apart, um, but there wasn't a bad seat in that building. Oh, you're so full of shit. There wasn't there a bad all, seat in that building. I watched, that building. I watched Admiral games there, there was, like, in the nosebleeds. All right. There was a corner in the second level where you, you maybe had, like, this much room between the seat and the seat in front of you. And I remember distinctly having to, like, turn my feet sideways sitting down because I couldn't oh, okay. put my feet... There wasn't Straight, a seat like, with facing. a bad view. There were bad seats. I could, I've sat in all kinds of nosebleeds, and I always saw the court. My profile picture on my burner account is still like I think the BMO Harris Bradley Center. It might be the Pfizer. Like, and I'm way up in the nosebleeds, and like the court is purple and green for crying out loud. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so the the long and short of it was, you know, I'd say is. It, is really fun and I'm super happy with it. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's tough not to root for a lot of these guys. So the it, underdog status is intense. Like PJ Tucker gets his rig before Harden. Woo. <laughs> we had one, one player from the lotto in, on the roster. It wasn't yeah. even ours. Brooke Lopez. And he was the end of the lotto. Like he wasn't even like 10. He was a 14. Wasn't he a 13 pick or 12 pick? Like was 10. Maybe. Uh, because Giannis was 15, which 15, is... 15, yeah. Just missed. Just missed. And I thought Brooke Lopez was 10. Maybe he was like 12 or whatever. You can fact check me on that. Um, but he's he's the only lotto player on the roster. Um, Like, you know, just the underdog of underdogs. An aging, like the aging lotto center, right? Like, yeah. where one team was like, we need a center that'll fix our roster, right? That That's why they lottoed for him. They reached. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Travis, um, I know your perspective has been different this whole time, but like, you're sort of like final soapbox or your lasting point about any of the, you know, son's perspective, uh, gaming passion, whatever it is. I mean, it's Giannis plays amazing basketball. And I mean, as I said before, sons are going to lose somebody. I'd prefer it be the, the box over anybody else. Um, I don't but... think they lost so bad. I know it was in six. But from my perspective, it felt like you had destiny against you. You know, like, it's just the sort prophecy. of, like, like the, the prophecy was against you. And so it's like, I'm like, it could have been anybody in the finals. It was going to be in six. You know, like, if it was the Nets in the finals, if it was the Lakers, it was going to be in six. Because around the time when, like, Giannis comes back from the knee injury, around the time Giannis is, is suddenly sinking his free throws, you know, uh, like, that alley-oop. You know, the stripped, like, the literal stripped ball, like, Drew. That could have been anybody there, right? Like, when that, like, it, from my Homer perspective, my bias perspective. But, like, it just, to me, it felt like, de it just started to feel like destiny. You know, Giannis gets 50 points. 
50 years since. It just Like, again, if I wrote this as a story, you'd be like, garbage. This is garbage writing. It's too obvious. Sorry, continue. But, yeah, I mean, I think for the Suns, I think that this is, I think this is, like, the beginning. Like, when you talk about, like, Aiton, yes. Bridges, Booker, and, and Monty, like, if they keep those three and continue to, to like, build around those guys, like, I, I think that this is going to be the beginning for, for what happens with the Suns. Um, I'm excited to see what happens next. Uh, already ready for uh, more basketball. And we got to wait a whole, what, month and a half, two months? Best month is October. So, right. let's go. No, it's, um, yeah, I mean, they're, I, the sun, I was saying a lot of trash about, like, the sun setting and so on and so forth. But, like, the sun also rises. Hemingway. Um, the sun also rises. For me, this is, this is the dawn for the suns. Like, this is, like, they made it there. I mean, CP3, if, if they can't keep him locked down, I mean, he is aging but like his his I don't know if like it was winded or if the Bucks just had the right plan dialed up it felt a little bit like the more like the Bucks gamed him some and other pieces like Aiton's inexperience showed but like what's the thing is like this this you've got like they're in the right direction they punched teams in the jaw that nobody had them beating too right like it, it was the same story the the Bucks had going on the other side, like a revenge plot, beat you know like beating a super team and then silencing the the like random upstarts that might, could have ruined it for everybody. It played spoiler like the same thing was going on in in the inverse in the Suns. That's why like this was such a great tons of brand new NBA fans happened right now. They yeah. put a bunch of great players on the on the national stage that nobody's talking about because they're not in the major markets like like. A bunch of new uh, new fans just just spawned. Uh, sorry, I'll let you finish up and and then we'll. Get... Yeah, no, I mean that's that's pretty much all I have for it. Like, I really think this is the beginning for the Suns. Like Booker, I think said it best. They got to skip a lot of steps this last year. They were hoping to obviously skip, you know, one more and not have to have a a finals loss. But uh, I think they're all young. I mean, most the the core guys are all young. Obviously, CP3, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But I, I think that their team is very well set up, and they got a lot of a lot of playoff experience for a lot of people's first playoff run. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and Phoenix isn't too far from Vegas, so they can try to attract to some uh, some big market uh, style recruiting. Uh, Ty, uh, your final soapbox here. Thank you for hanging. Both you and and Brendan have like real bedtime, so thanks for hanging out for three extra hours past it. Well, pa- passion, you know, the story story of tonight, and I I think what's really cool about sitting here and talking with with you guys for the last few hours is just it's always fun to participate in that like conversation, you know, about stuff you like, be it AOS, D and D, basketball, whatever. So it was super fun time. Thanks for having us on for one hundred. Um, you know. I'm I'm not gonna wax poetic on more Bucks nostalgia, but uh, Bucks and Six, and it was a hell of a fun ride. Bucks and Six, and that's right. talk to people about what you like and yeah. share share your passions because that's the yeah yeah don't the way you do it. Don't don't hide it. Don't don't be like high school meth and tie. Like yeah yeah. Don't those that caused us us tumult, you know. Embrace your passion and, you know, find people who are curious about 
your passion and be curious about other people's passion. I think it just, it makes life better. You don't have to end up passionate about their thing, but you'd be surprised how much residual heat, you know, how much you can warm your hands by warm their fire. Hands, yeah. yeah. Of, of people who are passionate about other stuff. Like I'm still not watching skateboarding stuff, but for like one night, I had like this awesome conversation with a person I've known forever on a topic we've never discussed. You know, like you'd be surprised how far like just letting a little bit of extra passion into your your purview can take you. Um, last last quick shout outs, just just Cubic Shenanigans podcast. Go follow it on all the platforms. Give them five stars and or thumbs ups on the important things. Down below Ooh. me, uh, got Ty the the plan and slaying podcast they're a, they're more of a holistic gaming podcast they talk board game reviews sometimes like uh rpg talk uh i forced them to talk about it a little bit more but you know they talk 40k and aos uh, uh is a main chunk of the show too so check them out uh if you really want to see the powers of friendship in board gaming that's that's plan and slant for you <laughs> <laughs> and uh anything you want to put on blast or shout out to uh travis don't forget to tune in for Rantathon next week. Yeah, and right. yeah. yeah. So come uh, come back for Rantathon next week. Um, the basketball talk will be a lot more limited unless somebody <laughs> randomly tries to like get me a massive to Mass Effect three me, you know, where like I just go off on a rant. In I'm any gonna find a way, you're gonna find a way. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So, uh, Brendan, we're gonna take Ty off the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no all right everybody uh twitch prime thank you so much uh, oh ben weiss what's up ben thank you so much for the twitch prime um and you know what uh thank you all for being on tonight episode 100 for me um i know we talked a lot about like basketball but the core of aos Rantcast has always been about the sort of like adjacencies and seeing the parallels between like you know loving warhammer and how that translates to other aspects of our lives with a little bit of you know the just and remembering the people throughout the whole process so for me it felt super appropriate to like show this other thing i'm super passionate about um i should have done a little bit a little bit more of like the connecting the dots and been like see zinch is kind of nah, like screw it no no yeah no, keep no. them <laughs> 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 all right all right good night guys thank you so much for toughing this out for me chat gang thank you so much for being with us tonight episode 100 watch rantathon next week tell people about the rantathon next week um donate if you can if not just take care of yourself and i will see you around again on the internet thank you so much for watching you're the show within the show the reason i do this thing drink your milk pay your taxes and be excellent to each other